3: Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Your Colorado Avalanche are now forty-one and thirty-three after going one and one last week. Currently sitting tenth place out west with eighty-eight points. Only two games left in the season, and the Avs need a miracle to make the playoffs. Two games this week to finish up the year. Thursday, April fifth, playing Columbus Blue Jackets at the Pepsi Center, and Saturday, April seventh, they're playing the Nashville Predators. Go see the Avs and gay, say uh, goodbye to the season. Your Denver Nuggets now 29-24 and 24 after going 2-1 and one last weekend. Currently sitting 7th place out west with just 13 games left on the season. Nuggets have three games this week. Wednesday, April 4th at New Orleans. Friday, April 6th versus Phoenix. Saturday, April 7th at Golden State. And did I say three games? Because I meant four. They also play Monday, April 9th versus Golden State. Your Denver Broncos... Nike introduced new uniforms today, and the Broncos are back in orange, baby. That is your Colorado Sports in Review. Ross Martin, let's start the show.
0: Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys Podcast, episode number 35. I'm Ross Martin, and as always, from denverstiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here.
3: What's up, everybody out there on the interwebs? Ross Martin, how you doing on this snowy Tuesday evening in early April?
0: I am, as always, doing fantastic. Today, we have a lot to talk about. There's a few topics... On the schedule today, the Broncos' new Nike uniforms, as you mentioned, look Love a lot that. like they have looked in the past. Correct. We're also going to talk about the Bengals' cheerleader sex scandal. Whoa. we <laughs> <laughs> were also going to talk about uh, the Denver Nuggets, and they have a few games left uh, in seventh place. We'll talk about that. But more importantly than that, we have a very, very special guest today, Andrew Martin is in the CSG studios talking Rockies. We're less than one week until opening day, and Andrew is the manager slash proprietor slash editor slash head writer of the best Colorado Rockies blog in the nation, Purple Row, at purplerow.com. Andrew Martin, how are you doing, buddy?
2: Oh, I'm doing all right. It was a bit shocking to be, you know, Friday being opening day. And, oh, look, it's snowing. I just went and dropped a whole bunch of money on summer clothes, and I got opening day. It's snowing. Okay, I'm not surprised by this. I'm just disappointed.
0: Uh Yeah, now I have some questions for you. Um, As a Rockies blogger, Rockies fan, we'll get into that later, but uh, the fact that you're surprised about the snow and all that stuff makes me have some questions for you. So uh, some of the other topics, Rockies, 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 right? We're going to talk about Ubaldo v. Tulo and uh and then uh this is a new thing i mean it's not a new thing we have uh we have local sports personalities like you andrew we've had People like you on before. Nobody with your esteem, I must say.
2: <laughs> well, you flatter me too much. <laughs> but so the, I'm getting but, all clamped over here. But
0: usually what happens is when we have uh, some uh, – we've had people on from uh, – we've had Kim Constantinesco on from – Predominantly uh, Orange. Predominantly Orange. Orange. We've had Angelique and Cheryl from Mile High Hockey. We had Benjamin Hawkman on from the Denver Post. And we, I, we've, I've always been the one who says I'm going to pit Nate Timmons, the Nuggets blogger, against – these other uh bloggers for these other sports Ah. this week though nate you flipped it (laughs) and you're putting uh me against andrew i am ross because you've
3: talked so much about uh, you know your your fandom of the broncos and as well as the rockies so we're gonna find out what you know
0: well i just have to say really quick (laughs) andrew what's your twitter handle
3: Rocky's
2: Magic Num. You see, when I first started this whole blogging business, my buddy Brian and I started a site called the Rockies Magic Number. For those of you baseball fans out there, it basically says, <laughs> when your magic number hits zero, you're in the playoffs. So we tracked the Rockies Magic Number from like day one, and then he got a real job. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm doing this by myself now. So I just kept the site, and then kept the handle, and then Purple Row hired me on, and I kept the handle, and... By that point, I'd already had it like everywhere, so. So I'm
0: screwed because when you see something like Rocky's magic number, there's a difference between a fan like me and somebody who has a, a Twitter handle like Rocky's magic number. I'm screwed. There's no way I can compete with whatever his questions are. Like you, you
3: probably you go to games to you know have a cold beer, eat a, a Rocky dog,
0: which is something I want to actually want to talk about that.
3: Maybe see Todd Helton hit a hit another single or a double, and then we got Andrew Martin that actually is Watching a whole different game, that's yes. going but I'm also drinking
2: field. beer and eating hot dogs and peanuts. I'm just also watching a different game. No, I, I, let's I, not I, pretend that I'm like not a baseball fan. just <laughs> because i no, no, like no, 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 you are,
0: you are, but you are a di- at a different level. Yeah, so, I I'm do just keep kind scored. of I'm just, what I'm doing here is I'm laying the groundwork for when I lose, I'm having an excuse. Excuse, yes, oh. so I mean, you know, what I mean, like, I there's, I mean, let's just say I lose to you in our quiz later. I have an excuse. I'm gonna
2: laugh if I lose this quiz. I'm so bad at rock <laughs> trivia.
0: <laughs> All right, but before we uh, get into that here, let's just uh, remind everybody that uh, you should like us on Facebook, email us show at guys dot com, follow us on Twitter at c o l o sports guys c o l o sports guys right?
3: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Call us and leave a message. We've had great voicemails over the past couple weeks, and uh, we're not going to play any tonight. Uh, Because we're just, uh, it's all Rockies tonight. We'll get to you guys next week. But uh, between now and then, feel free. Call us anytime, 720-722-1274. We're available on Stitcher. Ross, what's that number again? 720-722-1CSG. Perfect. Did you know that? That 274 equals CSG?
3: I did. It took me about a month to figure that out. It is, yeah. yeah. That is just clever. Isn't that great? That That's fantastic.
2: I think
0: that's. I think we're the first people ever to do that. I
2: learned really, that to put, on a... To put your like, initials or a word in your phone number? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, isn't that yeah. cool? Well, yeah. it's used yeah. car dealerships everywhere. That's going <laughs> to revolutionize the industry.
0: We had to buy that from Dylan Doug, but...
2: Dylan so. Doug goes, he's a season t- season hic- t- ticket holder at Coors Field. You can always see him like two, three rows behind home plate, like right back there. Dude's like the hairiest man ever and wears like Greek amounts of gold bling. <laughs> like the guy is just coated like this like gaudy bling. It's, it's hey, there's Dylan Doug. Whoa. Yeah. That's the same Dylan Doug who wears that. S- yeah, it's the same one who wears the spandex on the show. Yeah. It's so like he just, right.
0: just like Dylan Doug and Jake Jabs and the Mattress King kid just sitting there <laughs> doing Coke. Throughout the entire game,
3: I remember I had. I had Usually like a, a tiger
2: in there as
0: well.
3: <laughs> yeah. I remember I gotten some corporate tickets and I, I sat down. Like We got to go to a. a uh, rode an elevator down and got to go to like a buffet before the game, like down in the Rockies. Oh, nice, nice. So I don't know what the heck the area is, but then we, you know, we get to walk out by where the umpire's little office is or whatnot and right behind home plate and we're sitting right by the uh, visitor's dugout. And yeah, Dylan Doug was right there. I was like, yeah,
2: huh, sweet. I had an opportunity to sit in those seats once. Uh girl I was seeing at the time, her parents got them, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to come. And then, like, two weeks for the game, we split up. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be joking me. You couldn't hang on for two weeks so I could go to this game.
3: Did you want to talk about the breakup on here? Was that too personal? <laughs> it, it was, like, two years ago.
0: Oh, uh, it's still fresh. It's still Scars. Still I didn't fresh. get to sit in those seats. <laughs>
3: Best part about the relationship was the tickets. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so uh, we're available on Stitcher and iTunes. And by the way, I, I got an email from Stitcher. We just got on Stitcher a few weeks ago, and I just got an email saying that now Stitcher's available like on every new BMW, every new Chevy, every new Ford, built into their navigation system, linked up with the whatever. So it's the new XM or something like that, or it's uh, just like an internet link, and uh, evidently people uh, driving around can now listen to us um, in their BMWs, in their, Chevys. Yes these Fords. Ford's, Mini Cooper's. Ooh. or Are they Minnie Cooper or just Minnie now? I think
3: Minnie Cooper. Let's stay with it. Yeah, you. let's
0: go with that. It's um, Winnie
3: Cooper from the Wonder Years?
0: Oh, Winnie. Winnie Cooper, yes. Winnie. that. Yes.
2: Her doe-eyed heartbreakingness. I yes. heard she
0: went on to go to Harvard or something. It's not like a stalker or anything.
3: Yeah, she just just stayed in acting,
0: I think. <laughs> She's fantastic. But then, of course, find us at ColoradoSportsGuys.com where you can find all the links to the aforementioned uh, stuff I just talked about now. As we always do here, Nate, Timmons, what's up with you, man? How have you been doing? It's been a week. We don't talk much during the week. You <laughs> see each other every Tuesday. And uh, so what's up, man? How you doing? You got-
3: uh, I still have yet to see The Hunger Games, and it's making me more upset day by day. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm trying to coordinate uh, three different schedules, four different schedules to see that movie. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I'm either thinking now that I may boycott the series, even though I did read the books, <laughs> Or I may. I have, I have feeling that's listen. not going to happen. I may just go by myself and watch it. Although if you go by yourself, should I grow a mustache as well?
0: <laughs> Can you? Yeah. Is that tossed
3: give, give me about three weeks. Three
2: weeks. You got to yeah. wear a trench coat into the theater too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're talking about the different the different Hunger Games, aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know
0: What's what you're talking about. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, um,
2: that yeah good, uh, I no, got that got new movie mustache. with with Woody Allen. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Harrison, Whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, that's about all. I, I, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing great coming no, to mind. Not no stories. No uh, no anything.
3: Just... I made some uh, some fantastic fruity pebbles treats over the weekend. Okay, that cool. was fun. That's it. Ruined the first batch. Got the second batch to go. Right.
0: You uh, ruined the first batch of fruity pebbles. This is this like a rice krispies treat? Except with fruity but pebbles. With fruity pebbles. Yeah, I
3: think I used too much butter.
0: Oh. So they fell apart.
3: Yeah, it didn't get that marshmallowy goodness.
0: <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, <laughs> I recall you talking about making crab raviolis or something. Yes. Deteriorated quickly. Like did,
2: you, did you make them or did you just buy like the bag of crab? Wrap? He did buy
0: them, actually. I believe. Uh, he I not heat He, he information heated information up so crab. You you
2: screwed up boiling water, or did, or managed to not screw up boiling water? Down managed, down no, now he's good. managed to mess up just
0: heating up butter, or and measuring butter.
2: I'm picturing that Simpsons were home where Homer was like Mr. Burns's like personal assistant, and he goes to make him breakfast, and so he puts a bunch of crap on a on a shish kebab and then sets it on fire in the oven and then like busts out the microwave and tries to do it again and it sets them on fire and he goes hmm and he pours milk on cereal and it bursts into flame
3: well the worst the worst part about the whole ordeal is like I, I pride myself on being a pretty good cook i mean i don't i don't make a roscoe burger per se like yourself
0: nobody does, but, Only roscoe uh, does.
3: i've always prided myself on being a good cook i've worked in kitchens before and whatnot and then uh talking with the girlfriend about my skills in the kitchen and she's like yeah you make a pretty good sous chef you know and i'm like oh, oh ouch. Yeah. yeah sous chef is not a bad
0: title <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah but i mean I'd be top dog you're the yeah. best sixth man on this team <laughs> yeah exactly like yeah. man you yeah. are a great relief pitcher you
0: know all the best chefs are men as i like to quote my boy al pacino from donnie Brasco. i don't know if you guys ever saw that
3: i did yes
0: he says all the best chefs are men
3: doesn't johnny depp have a mustache Sfugazi. in that movie
0: Sfugazi. No, nothing. I don't know. So right, guys.
2: Did, did I miss like a Nate growing a mustache running gag here or something like that? No, 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 no.
0: There's no running gags here. Every <laughs> single week is a new, uh, fresh being dumb. Fresh. Yeah, just us being dumb.
3: Yeah. So. What about you, Ross? What do you got going on over there in your exciting world of Ross Martin?
0: So I got obviously I've prepared.
3: Your cousin Andrew Martin over here. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, Andrew. Uh, Wait, there's only like
2: six Martins that? in the
3: world. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> yeah. You uh, and I, I don't think uh, we are of any relation. Yeah, I, I am. Related. Not that our dad knows about, right? <laughs> yeah, you know know what I'm talking going. about? Yeah. I'm and, related
2: to Canyon, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And Russell. And. Should I name more Martins? Is this still funny? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: but, uh, no, uh, so, like, I don't know. It's been about, you know, I talk about movies all the time. I love movies. I'm a, you know. And you called like,
3: Warrior the Fighter last week oh, for about God. five minutes. This was a problem.
0: And we received some emails from this. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't just sit, call Warrior uh, the Fighter. I did said, you see
3: Warrior, the MMA movie? I did chance? not.
2: No, I did see the one where Batman was on crack. But uh, that was the one before <laughs> yes. that. That yes. was the Fighter. That was, was the Fighter. The okay, no, I did not see the Warrior. I'm sorry. And it wasn't even. Batman the... was on crack. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, good
1: for you.
0: Right? Nothing? Okay. Yes, do some read up on your Christian bail, please. But uh, no, last week I did. I was talking about seeing that movie, and I said I didn't even just call like I didn't start talking about the uh, warrior and then start calling it the fighter. I literally called it the fighter. fighter from the very beginning. Yeah. And then halfway through, you're like, what title is this? And I kind of blame you for not correcting me.
3: I blame the white wine that you're drinking, I think. White
0: wine is good. <laughs> I did correct
3: you after about 10 minutes. No, no. All you did, all you did is you
0: said, all you said was, what was that title? Warrior, right? And I said, and you said, warrior, right? I was like, yeah. And you were like, okay. Yeah. See, you're supposed to back me up.
3: Yeah, I did. You had it right. You didn't. You got it.
0: Um, But uh, no, but I did. So uh, I don't know. I haven't been to the movies uh, that frequently. And I used to go to the movies a lot when I was in high school or whatnot. But this weekend, I did something for the first time <laughs> ever. I was talking to my buddy on the phone. He's a, an old drinking buddy, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, uh, we're talking. And he's like, hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? And for the past year or so, I'm always just like, nothing. Nothing. And he's like, oh. He's like bummed out because he likes to go out and booze it up on Friday nights. And I'm like, more of a Saturday day drinker than, my, than him. And, uh, and so <laughs> what happens is- well, Bottomless Mimosas, then, come on. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. And my buddy's like, oh, you want to go catch a movie? And I'm like, yeah. And I I have not been to a movie just with my buddy, a guy, friend, in a long time. I haven't been to a movie, you know, without, like, my uh, wife for a long time. So I'm like, sure, let's go. You know, this is going to be interesting. And so we walk up there. And my buddy's kind of like a, you know, he likes to crack jokes. And uh, we're sitting there. And uh, we're waiting in line to hand our tickets over. And he noticed that the girl who's taking tickets is doing it one-handed. And she's, like, folding them over with one hand and, like, you know, tearing them off with her teeth and handing them over. And he's very impressed by this. Tearing them off with her teeth? Well, he's, she's uh, biting one half that you throw away with the teeth and the other half gotcha. she hands right back to us as our stubs. And uh, he's really impressed, right? And, and we walk up there and she takes our tickets and just very swiftly and very, you know, she's a boom, boom, boom. She uh, tears it off, folds it over on his, her leg. Bites him off and hands him over. And he's like, wow, this is some of the most impressive ticket st- uh, tearing I've ever heard. He said something like that to her. And uh, and then he's like, but you know what? You lose a couple points for sitting down on the job because she was sitting at, on a stool <laughs> behind the little, uh, you know, like the little podium or whatever. Yeah. The is it. And then uh, instantaneously as we t- get our ticket steps back, we walk past and realize she has two of those crutches. Oh that have the, you know, that go around your forearm yeah. and down. And Ew. it was like, oh, my God. Like, he and I both were so just horrified that we were complimenting her, yet then taking away from her. And the whole time, she was just disabled. By the way, she was charming.
3: Yeah. Was, did, he, <laughs> did he wind up getting her number? Or? <laughs>
0: No, we, uh, it was one of those was deals like uh, it was, he was trying to run game, by the way. Yeah, he's a single guy. He was he was doing a good job.
3: Yeah, he's complimented her. And then he tried to tear her down. Yeah, by saying, exactly. oh, you're
0: sitting down on the job. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was doing that. And then he and comes then...
3: back later and she's like, oh, you were that guy that gave me a hard time. No, Here's no. my number. Let's he was go basically get a nice doing meal. the
0: thing like where he's like, oh, I swallowed a bug. And then we go in and sit down into the movie. And that was it.
2: I can just think of terrible, terrible jokes that I'm not going to make right <laughs> now. No. There's no
0: such th- – just like there's no such thing as a bad question, there's no such thing as a bad joke.
2: This one would be just some poor taste. We've, <laughs> been, we've already ventured into the realm of like, ooh, that's bad. How oh, you made fun of her sitting down. Those just be piling on and, you know, I guess I value my soul right where it is.
3: Yeah. <laughs> piling on is always a tough one. Yes. It's tough. Yeah. So what movie were you going to see anyway? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. not talk about that. <laughs> you saw Hunger Games, I, it, it was you? not The Hunger
0: Games. <laughs> It was not The Hunger Games.
3: Oh, what did you like, see? Say, yeah, 21 well, Jump Street? Did I you go, go see that? I, go,
0: oh, I wish it was 21. No. I
2: heard that was really good, and I just am so burned out on Jonah Hill that I don't want to see it. But everything loves it, including Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah,
3: it's getting like an 85 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is unheard of.
2: And even people I know like the most cynical jerks in my life. are Like, I saw 21 Jump Street, and oh, my God, it was worth every penny.
3: It was hilarious. Yeah, I've heard it's good.
0: And yeah. I was a big uh, – I was like, Tatum Channing? What's Seriously. This
3: guy. And Ice Cube's playing like the fatherly cop figure.
0: And yeah this is bizarre i didn't know ice cube was in it and
3: channing tatum is talking in a movie maybe
0: yeah instead of just dancing
3: dancing or like just kind of giving like weird facial expressions just like
0: posturing and making me feel insecure yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right what's up with you andrew
2: oh man just working man just we I had jury duty today that was uh that was a screaming blast getting in there. I'm like, oh, it's jury duty. And everyone's like, don't worry about it. You won't get picked. No big deal. It's jury duty. It's actually, they they, they draw you in pretty well. I mean, first of all, you have to go. So that, that that's the big drawing point right there. Jail time, you know. But once you get there, they show you like a little video and... It's got like people like, I was an actual juror, and I was all intimidated, too, but it ended up being kind of cool. They're like, our founding fathers fought and died and stuff, and so you could be on a jury. We know it sucks, but do it anyway. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and then you're like, and you know what's funny is that the music they played during the intermission of the videos when they went from scene to scene, the exact same cheesy music that the Colorado sports guys use. <laughs> I always get jury duties.
3: Like I, I've only had two in my life, and I had them both after I moved out of the county in which they wanted me to be a juror. And so I've got right. to call in and say, oh, I don't live there anymore. And then I got the that hook. one too when I was in college. i like,
2: oh, yeah, come all the way down to Castle Rock. I'm like, I'm in Golden, guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't live in Douglas County. They're like, well, you need to re-register for Jefferson County then, don't you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm 18. I've never done this before. (laughs) So I get get in, and I I mean, the the story isn't actually that funny. Just we got up at the court. It's like, I got picked. They're like, you have a very full day, and you know, you're probably all going to get picked. And I'm like, damn it. You're never supposed to get picked. You're supposed to show up and then get dismissed. So we go upstairs, and we sit around for another half an hour. and We get into the courtroom, and the judge is sitting there, like, making fun of people as we walk into the room. Oh like He's, like, pointing at, like, look at all you wearing gray. You all sit in the front row here. You're like a little family. I got quadruplets over here in gray. And I'm like, this is going to be the weirdest trial ever. <laughs> and so within five minutes, and he kind of, like, you know, does a little paper stack thing, you know, and he goes, all right. So when I got my docket this morning, they told me I was going to need a jury. So, you know, we went and got a jury. And now you're all here, and they tell me we don't need a jury anymore. So, um, I'll sign your paperwork and all that. And he starts talking about, like, Chinese identity theft at that point. I don't know where he was going with that. He's he shredder. was, so, he to was
0: like, soapboxing it? A little bit, it.
2: yeah. But then he, at the end of it, he, go, he, he was cracking jokes, though. And he says, uh, he goes, all right, so y'all go about your day. You're dismissed. And I promise I won't tell anyone if you go catch the 1230 at Denver Pavilions right now. I won't tell anybody. So and I then said, you go make gonna... fun of a disabled yeah, girl. I would done that, too. <laughs> <laughs> What about the perfect day,
0: Jerry Guinn? Making fun of a young disabled girl.
2: Ah. See, not, 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 not a terribly funny story, but hey, Jerry Guinn. <laughs> and then I went to work.
0: Well, I hope the judge uh, was funnier than you were on that story, right? Yeah, there, but... a little bit. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not a humor podcast. We talk about sports, and we're going to do that right after a quick break. No. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, we take commercial breaks? There's no commercials?
3: It's a fair question. I know. Planning ahead, man. Yeah, we're planning ahead. That's what we're doing.
2: Advertising slots are open, folks.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Call now. BMW, Chevy, Ford, if you're listening.
0: (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, this is not an advertising spot. But today, a while back, before Christmas, we uh, had uh, engaged a conversation with people from iBlack.com everybody remembers this. Yes. Well, back then we were doing like a Tebow. Tebow Eye Blacks.
3: Tebow and Eye Blacks. Well,
0: they happen to send us a lot more than just Tebow Eye Blacks. And for those who don't recall, these are Eye Black strips to go on. Used to be Grease. Now they're these uh, cool strips. We have Rockies strips galore. Opening day is coming up next week. Folks, if you guys want some, just uh, shoot us an email. Show at ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Uh, and uh, we'll send you off some of these things. We got a bunch. We got. Uh, if I'm not
3: crazy. There's a couple different designs as well, right? Yeah, we
0: got just the Rockies logo. You know, like uh, the logo that everyone knows, and then we have the CR that's on the hats. So these are cool, and uh, they were a big hit back uh, when we had the Tebow once. So uh, let us know. Show at ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Now let's if you're, get in, if
3: to... you're in the downtown tavern sports column. You're going to be on the rooftop. The sun's going to be out. It's not going to be snowing, right, Andrew? It's not going to snow. Oh boy, if it's
2: I made my Facebook post this morning and said, "All right, I feel like I'm holding Colorado's hair over the toilet this morning." And be like, "That's it, Colorado. Let all the snow out. <laughs> okay. Let it all out. We got to be ready for April 9th." Let <laughs> it all out. This is perfect.
0: Out. This is perfect. Now, what's your background? How would you become Andrew Martin, Rocky's Magic Number of Purple Row.com? Give a give you know maybe uh, a lot of people read you every day. Obviously, PurpleRow.com dot com is the biggest Rockies blog in the the state.
3: Nation, so
0: world. Give a little background to some li- of our listeners. how did you get here? Where are you from?
2: Well, I'm from here, Denver. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it kind of stings. My dad's job got transferred out to Utah when the Rockies came to be a team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna lie. I grew up a big time John Stockton fan. Huge John Stockton fan.
0: <sighs> oh, yeah. Just like Kim Kansanenko. Constans- Constans-
2: yes. How can you? I always pick Zag in my top four, even though I don't even watch college <laughs> basketball. You got to get in the pool. I'm like, let's see John Stockton, went there uh, I'm picking Duke just because I don't have a rationale for it. Don't ask me why, because I can't tell you why. But no. Um. So when we come back to Colorado, I just you know I was a so it was
0: '93. You you were born here in Denver moved to Utah in around ninety three. Actually so.
2: born in California, which is a little embarrassing, but lived there for all oh, of yeah. all of one year. All of one year. I don't remember anything, so I feel like I can like wipe that clean, you know, I can claim exempt from California. Yeah,
0: it's like when I lived in Boulder, I don't remember any of that. So <laughs> same thing
2: so we moved out here to denver big broncos fan grew up rooting for you know carl mecklenburg steve atwater john elway who could probably still run who? for governor and win on a landslide
3: um, course, yeah. carl mecklenburg yeah. former guest at the car sports guys podcast oh, yeah. oh wow fan.
2: nice he actually was a coach at kent denver when i was uh, going to denver christian and playing football there yeah and we're like damn rich kids and Carl Mecklenburg. <laughs> <laughs> carl mecklenburg <laughs> <the middle laughs> oh we got doug flutie oh nobody cares <laughs> That's oh, mean. I love Doug Flutie. Anyways, um, so, so like I, when we get back, like I was a big NBA fan because I mean, what else do you have in Salt Lake City besides minor league baseball? I mean, it was fun to go to the games, but I'm like, yeah, who the hell are these guys? It's blah, blah, blah. So we, um, so baseball, so basketball is a thing, and I'm like 12, and the lockout hits or the the strike back in like 97, and it just ruined. When you're 12, 13, and your dad's raging about how players want more money, that's all you know. So the NBA is dead for me forever, you know. So I come out, I'm like, I need a new sport now. Hey, these Avalanche guys just won a Stanley Cup, let's root for them. No, I I'm not saying that I don't like love the Avalanche and I'm, you know, other team fan other times, but no, I mean like it was pretty bandwagony, I'm not gonna lie to you. Then they went on lockout. I'm like, you've gotta be kidding me. I just got into this. Okay, what's left? All right, my dad got free Rockies tickets. Let's go watch some Rockies baseball. I'm like, hey, the ballpark's pretty nice on the summer night. Larry Walker just did a thing. All right. Yeah. So then we started watching more. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad grew up a bit, My dad grew up a baseball fan, you know, played Little League. That's all he did in the 60s, you know, is you played Little League baseball or went to Vietnam, and he did both. And uh, so it's like this.
0: <laughs> Wait, did he do both? <laughs>
2: he did do both. Radio Man and Da Nang, And he rooted for the Dodgers. Uh, well, there weren't Rockies back then. Anyways, um, so – I figured it's a good way to bond with my dad, so we go to more and more baseball games, and eventually I'm like, "This, this thing's awesome! I love freaking baseball!" So then, as somebody who never really played little league baseball because my parents picked soccer for me, um,
0: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with soccer.
2: It was what all the kids in the neighborhood were doing, or That's something. What yeah. Every kid plays, yeah, because
0: it's extremely easy why
2: didn't i play little league anyways um <laughs> your and so dad knew
0: like, that you could never live up to his service in denang he was yeah exactly and, uh, he's like we'll just put him in soccer
2: yeah. <laughs> oh god i'm like a black sheep i didn't even do anything
3: wrong <laughs>
0: so, wait wait your dad was in or what 67 no, my dad was in denang really
3: Oof. martin's huh <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding was- not
1: true
2: Okay. <laughs> we will we'll play this up as the show goes on.
3: <laughs> anyway,
2: so I get so as anybody who likes to start liking baseball and never played, yes, I never played. Um what's left but stats and me being a gigantic nerd already, um I might as well start following baseball stats and got more and more and more into just ridiculous baseball stats tracking you know, swing speeds, pitch selection, just everything. And so my buddy and I that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we started our own little blogger.com site that nobody read. I don't think even our friends read it. It was awful. And when we got to, uh, you know, find out the Purple Rose thing, I'm like, hey, would you link us? Like, absolutely. And so then I wrote a couple guest columns on there in the fan shot section. I'm basically the poster I hate that registers for a site and then posts the fan post. Oh, I hate those people. I hate them. <laughs> they hate me. I hate myself looking back on that. I'm not going to lie to you. And then they were doing a writer hunt at the time. And they're like, do you want to be a writer? I'm like, no, I don't have time. Do you want to be like a once-a-week columnist? Come on, dude. You just posted like four articles. Okay, I guess I can do that. Yeah. And so then I picked up a weekly, you know, regular news post the next season. <clears throat> and then when, uh, when our editor took over the SB Nation Denver regional site, it kind of became obvious that Purple Row is his second fiddle, so I'm the only one who had time to do it. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm in charge of this thing now.
0: Okay, so on your uh, Twitter uh, description, you are, of course, Rocky's Magic Numb, mm-hmm. at Rocky's Magic Numb. That's the way. correct. I encourage everybody to follow it. It's a good source for articles to your blog mm-hmm. and also good tidbits into your life, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Now, my question is this it says saber style writer or something like that now this is intimidating to me does this mean you're like the only saber i know is a toothed tiger (laughs) yeah there's there's other ones okay does this mean you're like a saber metrics type guy like you know that type of statistics
2: we ventured away from it a bit because we got a bit heavy when we brought a lot of our new writers on back in 09 and we've kind of balanced things a bit more but yeah that's where i got the start um for those of you who don't know, SABER is an acronym for the Society of American Baseball Research. And so you get presentations about, like, everything, about, like, the rise and fall of the minor leagues and different regions. and Just whatever you want to know about American baseball, that's what SABER does. And, um, Did you just say
0: American baseball? Yes, American baseball. Is there baseball. anything – is there any other baseball than American?
2: Oh, you're joking, right?
0: No, i I could,
2: I, I, I could go into this. Like, okay,
0: let's not, but baseball's American. Venezuela.
2: Venezuela <laughs> adores the Rockies. Venezuelan baseball. That's why we have like nine Venezuelan guys on the team. Which
0: is true, but I mean, Amer- baseball's American. Oh, yeah.
2: It's American as mom and apple pie. Yeah. Okay. Unless you have a mother in another country. but <laughs> We're not going to go there. My mom's Canadian, which is actually the irony of this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no stats. Lots and lots and lots and lots of stats until eventually I realize, oh, I'm just kind of writing stats for the sake of writing stats. This isn't even fun anymore. Let's start making fun of the bench players, shall we? <laughs>
0: there we go. There we go. So you're loving it, right? You've been doing this now. How many years for Purple Row? Started
2: in 2009, so this is entering my fourth season. It's actually cool because my staff there, we've all been together for the past four years. Yeah,
0: so tell me about the staff. Uh, I, I'm familiar with you and uh, Rock's girl, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, is there? Uh, do you still have a Russ on the
2: Russ um, is the, edit- the editor of SB Nation Denver, and he still pitches in once in a while. And okay. one of us can't cover an article, he'll you know just step in and help out a little bit. But okay. a rocks girl started the place, and she's still kind of a- an enigma of the internet because she's you know a-, a-, a bit of a recluse, but she really knows her baseball. Um, Andrew Fisher is probably the next biggest guy on the site there, and he um, he covers our- all our NLS stuff. Uh, Brian Kilpatrick has also been there since the beginning. He's going to be relaunching his Rockies retro series. You know, let's talk about the Blake Street bombers, talk about that one time that, you know, Jeremy Burnett's played for us, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Aberley, he's pretty much written like an encyclopedia on baseball business, like how the drafts work, how the contracts work, how the how option years go, minor league stuff, like he, that he's the guy for that kind of stuff. Does a lot of stats as well. Um, Greg Stanwood, he does rockiesroster.com, which is linked to us. It's uh, You want to know where any player in the Rockies organization is at any point in time, go to rockiesroster.com, and you'll get the full roster of every Rockies affiliate. And it's
0: more updated, and I've noticed this uh, site, uh, just in the last month or two, it's more updated than the Colorado Rockies.com. Oh yeah, no, he co- regularly
2: mean, complains about the fact that he has more up to date information than the affiliate sites like AshevilleTourist. dot com. Nope, Rockies roster is more up to date than that site. Yes. You were kind
3: of telling us before we started recording that he basically hounds those organizations into letting them know which player is where, right?
2: Yeah, he um, he he has contacts at the teams. He gets in touch with like Jack Etkin, who uh, used to write for Inside the Rockies before that shut down. Um, people everywhere. Now, people are starting to reach out to him, too. People use this website as a resource when they want to know where, you know, minor league whoever is at any given time. Is he getting the promotion to Modesto? Is he going to still languish in Asheville? What's he doing next?
0: And these are probably other, like, GMs for, uh, or other player personnel guys from other teams. Like, oh, well, we got <laughs>
2: some legit people reading this stuff. It's a little... I mean, it's a very dedicated thing that I would probably kill myself if I had to keep up to date. And <laughs> he does it every day. The man's insane and very, very dedicated. Yeah. So that—that's that, pretty much the staff there. We've all been together for quite a while now. is probably the new—he is the newest member of the staff. Came on two years ago to do the podcast with me. And uh, but it's—we're a really well-balanced staff. We all cover something different, and we all have our expertise. And. It's been an absolute pleasure to work with these guys. I never have to worry about where their articles are coming from or if they're going to embarrass the site or anything like that. We all know we're in this together.
0: Yeah, so now you mentioned the podcast, and I remember a couple years ago when I first tried to access the podcast, I remember there was something funny. You would, I would click the link to the podcast on the site, and it led me to uh, the description was like a military history uh, do you remember this?
2: Oh, I do remember. No, that's Russ.
0: <laughs> it was Russ. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, Hey Russ, I tried to access the, It was purple radio or Purple Row radio purple Row radio. And, uh, and I was like, well, it's a military history thing. And he's like, well, I just do that on the side and I just use the RSS feed for this podcast. And I was like, Oh man. This is the type of people that analyze baseball this much, or the same type of people that can sit down and let's look at military history, and it's the same mindset, right? It's like looking at these statistics, looking at these the nuances. I mean, baseball, of all sports, is crazy statistics, right? I mean, this is where the you know the whole idea of uh, the crossover from sports and nerd ever happened was in baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm
3: listening so, to Andrew talk about his staff and what they write about and I'm thinking about, you know, me, Jeff, and Andrew from Denver Stiffs and I'm like, man, we're like nothing like this at all. And <laughs> our site's nothing like theirs at all. It's crazy. It's so much different. But and and it is
0: it's, and cool. it's it's all it's really it's really great. And and the cool thing is like if you go to Purple Row, check it every single I check it every day and you get so much information about um and baseball changes a lot. The, you know the lineups can change, and if you're going to a game, you, you know you need to know. I mean, who's because you know we got a lot of utility players on our team. Fantasy right baseball now. is so popular too; oh my it's God, like yeah. got to keep where, up to date with who's doing what, where. That's where fantasy sports was created, right? The rotisserie leagues back in the day. So, at any rate, loving what you're doing, and uh, tell us about the podcast. You guys still doing it? Uh, how often? And where can people find it?
2: We try to shoot for a weekly podcast. You can always find us on Purple Row. We typically publish it on Fridays. We recorded a couple of days earlier in the week, so Greg has time to edit it. And uh, <clears throat> you can either find us on Purple Row or on purplerowradio.com. And it's about a half hour long. We've It's me and Greg, and then we added our buddy Paul onto the show, who's uh, one of our regulars at Purple Row. And uh, he's it, definitely having a third voice to bounce off makes it funnier. We just crack ridiculous jokes now, and, mm-hmm. and it's less of a uh, – me and Greg kind of hit a rut in there just trying to keep it up between the two of us. And so having Paul in there to bounce off is – it's just fantastic. I mean, I, I don't mean to gush on the guy here, but it's more just like, oh, it's different.
1: <sighs>
2: <laughs> I'm actually enjoying it. I actually listen to it. I hate hearing my own voice recorded. You know what I mean? And uh, Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do.
2: So I actually, my, my <laughs> I roommate instant messages to me. me on Gmail. And my roommate, Matt Musia, he writes for SB Denver as well. And he goes, so I listened to the podcast today. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, he goes, no, I actually enjoyed it. I'm like, are you serious? It's good. I don't believe you. And so he. I I actually downloaded and listened to it myself. I'm like, oh, I was cracking up at my own jokes. I never laugh at my own jokes. I'm not funny. Come on.
0: (laughs) Well, it it is good. And uh, like I said, I've been listening to it for a couple years now. And it's a great tool to use, especially if you're a guy like me who uh, is – I I love the Rockies. I mean I'm a huge fan. But – it's hard to keep up with baseball. So much, thing, so many things happen. So whenever I'm about to go to a game with some buddies on a weekend, I listen to that, and then uh, I steal what you guys say and tell that to my friends. You know what I mean? Like, they,
2: do they all say stuff like, dude, why are you being so boring? What's
0: <laughs> wrong with you? No, 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 no. They're just like, yep, see, he's the biggest Rockies fan I know, and I'm like, yep. So I, that, got a, I got a customized jersey or T-shirt right I here. I
2: saw that. It's a good one, number 24. Yeah.
0: Remember that? Uh, It says sick on the back. Remember uh, in 2009 when the Rockies theme was sick? Nobody remembers that. I think you made that up.
2: I uh, totally made that up. I remember when they tried to jam Rocktober down our throats again, even though that was really a 2007 thing. uh... All
0: right, well, never mind then on that.
2: No, no, the sick campaign was great. (laughs) Oh, boy. I got the hat and the pin and the underwear. Wait, hang on. That was a uh, a different thing.
3: Like free fake vomit before every game. (laughs) It was awesome.
0: Uh, and a Bible. All right. <laughs> Enough about you, Andrew. We're going to come back to the Rockies in a minute. But we have some topics. We'll do the
3: whole, no. You want know, do the speaking of jury duty? <laughs> how about this Bengals cheerleader sex scandal? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> right. uh,
0: first of all, uh, Andrew hasn't seen the new uh, Nike jerseys for Broncos. Correct. Now this is it was a big thing on Twitter and everywhere you saw Nike now won the contract, create the jerseys. I think previously it was Reebok. Now it's Nike. What does this mean? Basically nothing. Well, right? it was
3: kind of I mean, if you look at college football, what is what has Nike done for teams like Oregon, uh, totally. Arizona State? Like you've seen these radical uniform changes to where you like Arizona State now looks like a hybrid between maybe like the Redskins and the uh, Florida State Seminoles, you don't know what's right. going on. Oregon, you'd have no clue what color uniform they're going to come out with next, or what they're going to be wearing Saturday. The silver to Saturday. helmets. Yeah, I mean, kids are reading books from 1989, and they're like, "We need new educational, you know, gear." And they're like, "No, the the football team needs a 18th alternate jersey for this Saturday's halftime show." So, right. Um, but yeah, you didn't know what you're going to get. And then I was following uh, MileHighReports.com today just because I wanted to see what the Broncos uniforms are going to look like. Because you heard this whole thing since L.A. came back of wanting to go back to orange.
0: Which which when L.A. came back, they locked up, but they had to wait a season to put in. This is not a new thing, right? I mean, whether or not Nike or Reebok or whoever did the jerseys, we knew orange was going to be the primary color next season, which is great, but we all know that the reason why they have alternative home jerseys and retro jerseys and, you know, they have, uh, like, you know, when the Rockies play, right. They have their, uh, well, this is our home Jersey against, uh, an AL team You know this Or where they, they have their Sunday Fourth afternoon. of July Red hats all This all is all Atrocious This, this is, is our all just so 75th can...
3: anniversary jersey. Yeah
0: exactly This is all just so They can sell More product
2: As Mel Brooks Put it in Spaceballs Merchandising Merchandising yes. It's yes. where the mo- money From the movie Comes from <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Spaceballs The flamethrower <laughs> yeah. The kids love this one
0: <laughs> Yeah so I mean That's what it is Right I mean We're not disillusioned to know, To think that Oh we're going back To our roots No they're just thinking of a New Jersey to sell, but I looked at these new Nike jerseys. I'm delusional
3: enough to think that it's John Elway wanting to bring back what he knew of the team that he left. Sure, well I'm the orange of thing, change. even though he wore super, but, he won Super Bowls in the blue.
0: But here's the thing, and here's the big deal. And this was, uh, and by the way, the Broncos never won. Yeah, exactly. Never am, won so I'm with the of orange. Change, by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the I Broncos change. never won a Super Bowl wearing the old orange. Right, that was the first time. But then again, they then they got a new stadium. They have won. Super Bowl since they've been in their stadium, but here's the deal: when you look at talking about superstitions, well, something no, no. that
3: baseball people know.
0: About. No, baseball has I'm not, transitioning yeah. everywhere. not a single one. Yeah, like Joe like Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> F you, Joe Bu. I do it myself. But uh, you trying to tell me that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. But no, but think about this. All right, when you when you watch uh, games, I've obviously never stepped into Arrowhead Stadium and sat amongst those dirty, filthy, vermin scumbags from Kansas City. Never have, never will. I don't feel like that's a challenge I should ever face. To, uh, I could never take a shower long enough to wash that filth off my body after sitting amongst those scumbags. Ooh, can, but,
2: I, can I share a thing about Arrowhead once you're done here?
0: Not quite. But when you go to the stadium, <laughs> it's all red. They never change their primary color. Yes. Back in the day, people were wearing their hunting shirts to Bronco games. Then they started changing it up. And then we have these god awful yellow mustard jerseys of the Broncos. Remember, they were from like the 1960s. And it's like now you can't even tell who's rooting for who, right? Because we, we got orange, we orange we got blue, we yellow? We got yellow, and all that stuff. So it's like now, uh, hopefully, this orange comes back because that is an intimidating presence for road teams that come into Mile High, which I've said before is the most. Unintimidating stadium ever. It's quiet. There's nothing going on, but we'll see what happens with Peyton Manning. Comments on that.
3: Andrew, you had a story about Arrowhead. Oh, no. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really quick. It's really quick.
2: Co worker goes to Arrowhead. He's Broncos fan, wearing his Broncos gear. I mean, he was kind of expecting to get shanked a little bit, but, you know, whatever. So he goes there and he's getting, there's one guy just giving him crap all game long. Hey, Broncos fan, get out of here. Guy gets up to go get a beer. He's wearing cut off jeans. And at this, which point, my co worker here goes, Is that dude wearing jorts? Jorts. 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 Entire section. Jorts. Jorts. The guy just scampers (laughs) up the stairs all quiet then. That was it. Jorts. jorts.
0: Going back to the
3: actual orange uniforms.
0: You interrupted my train of thought for that story. (laughs) These are great stories. (laughs) Sorry about that, Rob. Hey,
2: sometimes when you stomp on the bleachers in New Mile High, it's
0: loud or something okay you it's know not, it's not it's, well, a, I, it's a it's a abomination of a stadium i no. saw something Absolutely where horrible. i think
3: paul mccartney's daughter designed the uniforms for the uh, british columbian olympic team or whatever british columbia is that right british Jay columbia Britain? is a, british a yeah province. england whatever the hell that british. country that we beat for war to have our country british columbia Vancouver How's this for military
0: history? Vancouver
2: <laughs> my, Again, my mom's Canadian. This is just
3: offensive. <laughs> my dad's Canadian as well, so sorry, Dad. Well, uh, uh, I guess you guys but anyway, my
0: parents are full American.
3: Well, they're talking about how red is uh, full American. Uh, they're talking about red is an intimidating color for sports teams where if you wear red, you have some kind of edge or something. So you're talking about orange might be some sort of intimidating color because it's close to red, right? You kind of get that, if the stadium's orange, you're saying that's going to be intimidating. Is orange like, oh, I'm no, scared no. of
0: this dreamsicle. It's not about the color. It's the, it's the uniformity exactly. of it, as in a uniform, as in every player in the stands has an orange shirt or an orange jersey or an orange hunting vest or, or whatever it is. And so when you look up in the stands, and Pittsburgh's in town, and there's... A uh, couple thousand people wearing the Black. 1960s, uh, you know, Broncos jersey, and you can't tell. I mean, and it makes it makes the Bronco fans look worse. And the problem is because there's all these other options. Now I understand they got to sell merchandising or whatever. <laughs> merchandising. Merchandising. Sure. But I mean, I understand that. But it's like they could have sold different ones they were all orange. And uh, now that we're back here, now people can pull those old ones out. Yeah. And wear the orange, and I hope it sticks with it. And even last year, Way LA before a couple games was like, "I want you to uh, show up wearing orange today, or I want you to show up for the national anthem today." And uh, L.A. being back is is definitely bringing it back, bringing back the, you know the the team, at the the fan aspect, and and so th- my point is, you go to Oakland, you see all black. You go to Kansas City, you see all red. You go to Denver, you don't know what you're looking at. And that's because they strayed a little bit on their purpose, which was they thought, okay, well, you know, we won a couple of Super Bowls, let's profit on this, sell a bunch of different jerseys. Now it's like, all right, let's get back. Yeah, I like it. So it, it, I'm it on creates
2: board. it creates kind of a mystique at Invesco though, or sports authority feel whatever, you know, presented Bob. by Pepsi anyway. <laughs> um it, seeing, it's not even so much a being there sort of thing. It's when you see a full season of Broncos games on national television, where it's just a sea of orange. Then the next season, you know, the people are like, oh, we're going to go see our Packers or whoever go play in Denver. They're like, oh, man, we're going to be harassed by this sea of orange. It's not so much that it's like, oh, Denver fans are jerks. But when you see that sea of one color, you're like, oh, this is not my house. Oh, mm-hmm. this is not my house. And what's going to help as well, because you're talking about there's just no presence in a Vesco, it's all Tebow stuff. I mean, my roommates and I had tickets, like a friend gave them to us, or we just got cheap tickets or whatever. So we went and uh, took Russ Oates incidentally to his first Broncos game, and it was just dead quiet. Granted, we're getting our butts kicked by the Detroit Lions. Oh, that was uh, early in the season. The well, point. The did
0: Tebow play that game? I think yes. he played that this game, was yeah. First start. But <laughs> the
2: point is that the, the it was a house divide. Like, we were going to the Avalanche game immediately afterwards. It was a busy day. So we wore Avalanche gear, and we were getting crap for it. I mean, and not just, like, all wrong. You know, it's the Denver the Denver Broncos thing. It was like a boo Avalanche. It's like, whoa, 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 same city, guys. Come on, let's be all friends here. But then, like, during the game, people were just, like, constantly debating whether or not Tim Tebow should be playing. Because is he good? Is he bad? Is he a promise? He sucks. Now that Peyton Manning's there, everyone's going to be like, Hey, it's Peyton Manning, and that's the end of it You're going to have a stadium that all wants Peyton Manning to win Because everyone wants the yes. Broncos to win yes. But like half the people are like, yeah, I want them to win But I want Tim Tebow to suck, but then to win anyways yeah. And it's like, you can't really wish for your players To suck and wish for the team to win So yeah. not everyone's going to want Peyton Manning to win Because we've got $100 million locked up on him And our, you know, our reputation and all that stuff like right. that So you're going to have everyone in, in sports authority field rooting for Peyton Manning and the Broncos Not just the Broncos and not players.
0: And wearing orange. And wearing orange. Tennessee orange? They far did. more unified front.
2: <laughs> yeah, they
3: did change the shade of orange a little bit from what it was, but still looks good. Doesn't look like the Chicago Bears orange anymore, which is which is nice.
0: Yeah, and uh, the new jerseys though, in themselves, don't look that different. They're about I mean, the same.
3: They have a little navy on the collar. And that's about it. It's different.
0: Well, I do remember that when. Uh, Wondering about the, the road
3: jerseys though, are they going
0: to keep blue in there on the yeah, stripes on the sides? Blue. Are they going to go back
3: to orange? Yeah, I think they didn't show those today. So or I white.
0: Know. It'll probably be white. Well, the they'll be white stride.
3: and white with white pants, but I don't know what the stri- you know the side, the side stripe oh, yeah, that was blue. Hopefully, it'll be orange. I was, just thinking, remember, I was just thinking, I
2: thinking the same jersey with just that little patch, like the, the little Reebok Sydney Opera House thing, replaced with just the swoosh. And hey, it's a new jersey. But yeah, you brought up a good point with the Oregon stuff. It's I'm kind of scared, frankly.
0: Well, you remember when uh, the Broncos switched from the old jerseys with the blue D and the horse coming out yes. of it, and then it went, oh, and that me. was basically when Nike had the jerseys then and everybody was speculating that when the guys like uh, on the offensive line get down and they had this stripe down the side that it looked like a Nike swoosh. Remember yeah. That? And yeah. the
3: whole, the full logo of the Broncos and like a Nike swoosh. Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, but nobody ever really saw that for the rest of the time. I mean, it's yeah. still the same. I mean, i got yeah. jerseys all over here. Uh, they're going to be fine. The
3: only jersey that's really changed in the NFL is the uh, the Seahawks uniforms. They changed a little bit drastic, but not much. And who cares about the Seahawks anyway? Chargers <laughs> changed a little bit. Broncos went to orange, obviously. And as Ross pointed out, we're happy to be back in a stadium that will hopefully be filled with orange next season.
0: Hopefully, yes. And I think it will. Now, real quick, let's just touch on this Bengals cheerleaders cheerleader sex scandal.
3: I saw something pretty funny on that today. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if anybody doesn't really know, this uh, 26-year-old math teacher from Cincinnati was uh, s- is supposedly being being charged with having uh, some kind of sexual relationship with a 16-year-old student of hers. She was an English teacher. Booyah! <laughs> nice. <laughs> but she's a Bengals cheerleader. Well, here's a, here's a funny thing. is She's a Bengal. Yeah, she's a Bengal. But she, sometime in 2010, she was posted on a website called thedirty.com. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that website at all. It's kind of a reality website, is what the guy calls it. And anybody can submit pictures of people and say whatever they want about them. So she was getting a lot of flack on there in 2010 for being, uh, for having her boyfriend or husband cheating on her and her being kind of, you know, having having sex in the classroom and various locations with football players. And, and at the time, and this and that.
0: she was suing them or something, right?
3: She was suing them for, yeah, it ended up being that they retracted this stuff and that wasn't good enough. So she was suing them for like $11 million. And then she was on Anderson Cooper's show where she uh, met via television screen with the creator of the dirty dot com and saying how he's ruined her life. And she's this teacher that enjoys teaching these students and (laughs) she can't go back in the classroom anymore because of him. And now these girls are coming in telling her that she's a slut and all this stuff. And now it comes out that this relationship has come about. So it's just kind of a crazy circus is everything. Yeah. So she's uh, a
0: Bengals cheerleader. Gets busted for having sex with a 16 year old student. Well, she's and not she's being she's teacher. not
3: being charged with uh, having intercourse with the student. It's just like it's a like Nancy Grace is going on a big soapbox about how it's only she's being charged with like lesser crimes, but it's not actual intercourse. It's inappropriate, some kind of relationship with this kid.
0: And this is a 26 year old NFL cheerleader having inappropriate relationships with a high school boy.
3: Yes.
2: Is there not a college in the area where there are college legal adult men playing football? I'm just saying. Or I, s- or what seniors. I'm saying is,
0: I know there are rules against, you know, disclosing the name of the young people that are have been so called raped. raped. That's what we're looking rape. for. Statutory rape. But when you're talking about a 16 year old boy. Who's having relations with a twenty-six-year-old NFL cheerleader? I need to know who this guy is. He needs to be the next president.
3: How old was How, how old was King Tut when he was really
0: in Egypt? Thirteen. Like, like this guy is a born leader.
3: I'm not gonna
2: lie. Part of me wants to go high five the kid. Yes. The part Wow, good luck with the rest of your life, buddy. You've already peaked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly their families are friends. Like, the boy's family is backing her in court. Like, they sat with her on course, the defense side and stuff like that. Of course they are, because the dad's
0: like, the dad was the kid giving him the elbow, like, really? That didn't happen. And then it did, and it's like, this the kid's like Yeah, look even, at my iPhone video, dad. In, <laughs> Yeah, right? This shouldn't be. In, somebody spilled the beans, right? I mean, I don't know what happened. I just read this whole, the headline. That's, you know, what I do for stuff like that.
3: Yeah, sensationalism at its best.
0: Are we, are we opposed to this behavior? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to think about it, man.
2: Well, I mean... it's like that South Park episode where uh, where Kyle's little brother Ike is, you know, he's in kindergarten. His hot teacher's, you know, hooking up with him. And <laughs> all the cops in town are just going, "You're like, oh, who's the sick jerk who did this to this kid? No, no, it's a woman. Oh, who's the old terrible hag who – no, it's her. And they just picture this hot young blonde and all the cops look at it and go, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Yes. In, in, in a sense, like, and, you know, I don't want to make this too serious, but it's still a crime. It's still a minor, stuff like that. And if it was the other way around, everyone would be wanting to execute the man. But in this and case, that's the what,
0: thing. The, the is, thing is, the, if though, it is like, the other way, then Well, if it's the other problem. way, it's
3: bad. But also with the age of the kid, I mean, if we're talking about a 9-year-old kid, that's a lot different than that's a 16-year-old mine. kid. Right. That is different. Yeah, it's totally different. 16? 16's pretty old, man. I mean... But you could still be taking
2: advantage. Come on, when you were sixteen, if a teacher had offered that, I mean, you would do anything, anything. <laughs> Don't act like you weren't a raging ball of hormones, and you were. Oh, I was thinking straight at the time. No,
3: no, no, no. i well, no. saying there's probably sixteen-year-old kids that are going home, and then fantasizing about that. Probably
2: yeah. there's twenty-six-year-old guys going home <laughs> and fantasizing about that, dude.
3: Or fifty thousand people in a football stadium that are watching. Possibly
0: thirty-one-year-old yeah, as a you over there in this room. <laughs>
3: Oh man! All right, just kidding. Awkward. Moving on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On on an off topic, I'm gonna go watch Game of Thrones. Oh boy, (laughs) no nudity in that.
0: All right, this is uh. That's football talk. (laughs) That's football for this week. Um. All right, we got about two minutes to talk about the Nuggets.
3: Uh, they're still inconsistent. Moving on. Tenth place. Seventh place now. Oh, seventh. Yes, they're back in the uh, playoff picture.
0: Oh, that's right. And they don't really those. play.
3: They have 13 games left. I think they play like three tough games. Every game's tough for the Nuggets, but three of them are actually, you know, against like playoff type teams. So there's no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs. All right. Are the Jazz still in the basement? The Jazz are uh, no. I mean, they were in the playoff hunt like a week ago, and All now, right. I think they're like two games out behind the Nuggets. So the Jazz are still there. The Jazz are a threat. Uh, Phoenix is a threat, but. You know the Nuggets are their biggest threat is themselves, right, Ross? We've talked about that.
0: <laughs> their biggest threat is uh, their coach, George Carl and themselves. And themselves. All right.
3: If they can overcome that, they may make the playoffs.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll dive into Rockies. Andrew, do you even have enough time? I got time. Opening day.
3: Oh, yes. Oh,
0: my God. Um, I still have a question.
3: Why yep. is opening day? Andrew, maybe you can answer this. Why is opening day not a national holiday?
2: No, it hurts me. This this is like my Christmas right here. This is the day. I mean, everybody, like, oh, it's the holiday season. I'm like, no, the holiday season for me is spring training. And yeah, even though it's like all oh, the numbers are meaningless, so it's a little tough to really get into it. Oh, my God, it's baseball season again. There's pitches being thrown and guys diving in the dirt. And, oh, man, it's going to be baseball time, of course, field before I know it.
0: It is absolutely. Um, I put opening day up on the level of I, – I, I make it. I, it's bigger to me than the first uh, football game of the season for the Broncos. Uh, I put it up there, uh, and uh, I put this up with uh, the opening couple days of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. It is a absolute change. I feel like it's the change of where, like, uh, you know, your winter depression or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, you get kind of it's really drum like the- or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like baseball season is here, and uh, and so I'm so excited. It's like
3: the first day, really, where I'd I'd love to see the numbers on what the local businesses take in that day, the local like bars and taverns. It's like the first day where it really feels like you know the patio is open. Everybody on the patios is wearing Rockies hats, jerseys, you know, purple everywhere. Man, it's just – and then, you you know, you're at either Downtown Tavern, Lodos, Sports Column, and you look across the street, Jackson's, and there's Coors Field, and, you know, people wander over there. And Yeah, and God, I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> uh,
0: I pre-called in sick.
3: Yeah, that's well, Ross's favorite
2: move. The day the the day the schedule went out and announced opening day, I immediately jumped to my calendar, said, I'm taking that day off, guys. Don't count on me being here.
0: Is there any kind of... So a, you're going, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Sure.
2: Oh, yeah. I got tickets the minute they went on sale.
0: Yeah. I, I did not. No? And you know what's so weird is it just... They usually do, and it just kind of... I don't know. just kind of flew under the radar for me. Ooh. And then I'm going to... I think uh, the... I Oh, my buddy money for the ticket i have it's like 130 bucks uh, but it's worth it
2: well rocky's 2011 season probably turned a lot of people
3: off to the
1: Rockies.
2: Well, here's, yeah
3: here's yeah. here's something today i was i was walking to uh walking down 16th street mall heading to lunch to meet a couple buddies and there's a true story i pass a guy he's walking towards me on his cell phone uh kind of a, wearing black rim glasses talking on his cell phone very loudly and he says out loud for everybody to hear you know he's like He's like, "Oh, these Rockies, you know, they're the the worst run Major League franchise in effing, in the MLB, Like, and it's like, you know, there's still that there's still that hatred for the team, but tell us why people should, you know, pay attention to them this season. What what is it to look forward to out of the Rockies this year?
2: Well, the thing to look forward to the Rockies this year is just it, it, there's a lot of intrigue, and I can't find a better way to it's surprising intrigue. This team could literally be the worst team in the division and it could win the division. The thing is, the the, the 2012 Rockies are going. For those of you who've been following for a while now, they're pretty much the 2004 Rockies. Todd Elton's the first base. You got a few mainstays in the team, but it's mostly uh, veteran guys who are holding down the spots for their uh, respective prospects at the position. For example, we brought in um well, third base is going to be debacle this year. We can go into it in a bit, but they brought in Casey Blake before he got cut to hold down third base for Nolan Arenado who was a second-round pick, and he's, the, the kid just looks like an absolute baseball stud. Like You might remember 2006 where Garrett Atkins had that beastly season. That's yeah. what we're hoping for Arenado to look like there. But you got other guys like Michael Kadires holding down for whoever comes up next. Second base, Marco Scudera holding it down for Josh Rutledge. Um, uh, catching Ramon Hernandez is keeping it warm for William Rosario, even though he's made the club as a backup catcher. You had a lot of veteran guys coming in and waiting for the farm to start – you know, building up enough to get up to the majors, and we'll have another youth movement in there.
0: And and that and so, we were talking about 2011. You said it, Andrew. Whew. 2011 turned a lot of people off of the Rockies. During that season, the Rockies uh, ended up trading supposedly our our the first pitcher we ever had, in Ubado Jimenez a guy that had so much promise that we scouted. We went to Venezuela,
3: Dominican Republic, Dominican. Dominican,
0: Yeah. But now then we traded him away. And at the time I thought that, you know, it was a little heartbreaking because we had put so much effort into him being the cornerstone of this pitching staff. But then I look back on it now and I think, well, yeah, I mean, they didn't pay him money. Uh, they they
2: they, uh, they paid him. It, it...
0: Not not uh, the way, not the way some of the other guys got paid. And there was a time when he had won 15 games before the All Star break, and this was unheard of. No Rocky player, no P- Rocky pitcher had ever performed that well. And so we, everybody was excited. I was excited, and, and I was not he that just...
3: excited. By the way, it's Ubaldo. He always. Seemed to have like a mental lapse that he could never get over. It was like, yeah, he's doing hot, but he's probably going to come back down.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
3: I, I wasn't, I wasn't ever upset with the Rockies for not showing him big money because I was like, I don't know if he's ever proved it really.
0: Well, that's the thing is that he had that half a season and then. Uh, then the next season, and and by the way, it never worked out for him again. He he hurt like a thumb or something after the 2010 season. And then, uh, and then he came in in 2011 and he pretty much underperformed and then we traded him away. Now, uh, before we get into too much stuff, I want to discuss this Ubaldo versus Tulo thing that happened. This was a preseason game. This was, uh, the first at bat that Tulowitzki had. And Ubaldo hits him with a pitch. Was this a punk move? Was this a cowardly move? Um, uh, we all saw Jim Tracy, his comment after this um, saying it was the most cowardly thing. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, this is the most uh, you know cowardly move I've ever seen in 35 years of baseball. And, and to me, I I saw it as, I, I saw it as a couple different things. But Andrew, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you agree with? Do you agree with uh, Jim Tracy? <laughs>
2: Ne- never put me on record saying that I've ever agreed with anything Jim Tracy has
0: ever done. <laughs>
2: ever, you understand? Okay, <laughs> I do understand. So,
0: Ooh. so then uh, what? You you side with Ubaldo then, or, or or do you even have to do that?
2: You don't have to side with Ubaldo to not side with Jim Tracy. There, there's so much going into this story that I mean, do you mind if I give you a little exposition here? Or? No, no, no. okay. Do so, it. so Ubaldo. Um, he comes up in 2007, pitches in the World Series, like great start for a career. You know, holds the Red Sox down pretty well. He, good, good start to his major league career. Um, 2008 showed growth. 2009 showed more growth. Pitched in the playoffs when they went uh, up against the Phillies and lost in four. You come to 2010. This giant breakout season, we, we're seeing the best pitching Colorado has ever seen. I still the ha- best. Oh, without a doubt, I, mean, we, I still he have. He was
0: a, powerful.
2: We still have a clip saved of um, the Memorial Day game against the Giants. We want rebase at the play. It's a two strike count. And he throws a pitch outside, like you know, away, you know, on, on the outside corner, and he just he and, and rebay holds it, because that's what you do is an outside pitch. It breaks back in the last second, catches his own strikeout, looking like nastiest pitch we've ever seen a Rockies pitcher throw. Just. Just disgusting. And, yeah, he faded a bit down the stretch there. But, still, let's not forget it was the best Rockies individual pitching season ever. I mean, yeah, we could split hairs about Marvin Freeman in the strike-shortened season. But it's a ball, though. He made all his starts as a starter. None of this whatever. Anyways, 2010 offseason comes. Cargo and Tula realize they just both had superstar seasons. They need to up their game. Even though they just made it bigger. They had to, They got to repeat pretty strongly. So the two of them hit out. To become like the next, continue to be the big thing, and the Rockies are like these guys are showing us all the work we want to see. They didn't go and have a huge season, then rest. They went and got better, at least tried to get better. They went and put in the effort to make themselves better. Here's a life contract for you, Tulo. Here's a pretty huge extension for you, Cargo.
3: So you're saying they went and what played winter ball? They're they're working with people working they're on working their game. with
2: people. Giambi coming to the team. He's been working with Tulo very closely on making him just the best superstar he can be for the Rockies. Thing is with Ubaldo. We have the three of them here, the three O's, Tulo, Cargo, Ubaldo. So Ubaldo Jimenez then goes, and they're like, hey, dude, come work with us. this off season." He's like, I'm going to go to Europe instead and just kind of hang out. Not quite as, you know, post-college as it sounds, but that's a, he, he went and took in a mass at the Vatican with the Pope leading it and just, you know, kind of had himself a vacation. He needed to be in either Winter Ball or at, with the Rockies doing something. I mean, you cannot follow up a third place in the Cy Young voting campaign by taking it easy.
0: When everybody thought midpoint, you were going to get the Cy Young hands down. Exactly. For the first time in Rocky's history. I mean yeah. he's, Was Brief, he gone for, still.
3: what did he take, like a long vacation? Was he gone was, for like a week? It was what? a couple of weeks, and which
0: yeah. is,
2: which doesn't seem like that big of a screaming deal. But when you are a professional baseball player at the peak of your game, you cannot let up for a split second because somebody else wants your job. Someone else has t- film on you. Someone else is going to take you. So big- he comes back to spring training. He's not ready for spring training. Not saying that he was, like, you know, like, just horribly, like, 1920s out of shape or something ridiculous like that, but he was not where he needed to be to start spring training as ace of the staff. And then he has all these, like, weird little ambiguous finger, cuticle, fastball, grips. Yeah, grip that was issue. what it
0: was, the cuticle issue.
2: It, I mean, it was it's legit. I mean, it sounds so silly, but when you're throwing a ball 100 miles an hour with pinpoint accuracy, you gotta have your fingers all feeling perfect or else you're in trouble. So, that was part of it. And then... The, the thing that makes this even sadder is that word has been getting out since spring training started that Abaldo is like, oh, yeah, I was. Because when he got traded, Joel Sherman of the New York Post comes out and says, oh, Abaldo's miffed because he didn't get the giant contract like Cargo and Tulo. And everyone in Colorado goes, nah, he's Abaldo. He runs six miles in Wash Park after every start. He lives with his family. He's a good guy. He's a workaholic. And I mean, all the great character things you want to hear about a guy, the things you love to hear. And then it turns out that he was pissed about not getting a huge contract. And he starts bad-mouthing the Rockies. Starts saying, hey, the Rockies, they, uh, they treated me like crap all the way through the minors. They didn't handle me right. And then Tulowitzki, he's a he's $160 million man for the Rockies. Some people would argue whether he should have just kept his mouth shut and stuck to the cue cards or if he was, in, was right in sticking up for the team. But he goes, hey, your career in Cleveland's your business, dude. Go cause trouble with them because you're not here anymore. You had the opportunity to be the guy, and you didn't take it, so we need to stop talking now and go play baseball. And one pitch in, he hits Tulewitzki. So a lot of people are wondering the, about the uh, the actual uh, motive behind it or, or whether he actually intended to hit him because he did walk the leadoff batter on four pitches. The catcher did sit in, set up inside and low, not elbow height, inside and low, and it, you could argue that he missed his spot. But really, with the way the narrative's been building for the past month, First pitch in, you hit him on the elbow. Oh, give me a break, guys. Are we? I mean, I'm not trying to say that <laughs> yeah, Baldo Jimenez is like a, the devil of baseball, but give me a break. But there's guys.
0: no question he meant to hit him. I,
2: there's always question of everything because we don't know what's inside their head. But in my mind, no, he did it. He was trying to send the message. And what kills me about this is that people say, "Oh, well, you hit him with a pitch. It happens all the time in baseball." Not when it's a business thing. If Tulo took Ubaldo Yard somehow and then, like, pointed at him and goes, that's what you get and runs the bases, oh, yeah, next one's in your ear, buddy boy. But it turns out, but I mean, Tulo didn't trade him. Dan O'Dowd traded him. And it's like, you're trying to, you're getting mad about these business decisions Rocky's made and you're taking it out on the field. Take out on field things on the field. That's fine. Don't go and, you know, take this off field stuff and hit him and say, oh, now it's over. I mean, I hope it's over.
0: And by the way, I, I completely understand a guy in Ubaldo's situation hitting Tulo mm-hmm. in that position. I completely do. Um, ubado has got to uh, prove to his new team you know, that he's uh, going to be able to make some of those decisions. But what made it evident to me that this was a punk move was the fact that if you're a pitcher – and you're going to bean a guy, which I think he intended to do it. Even even if he didn't intend to do it, but it, he did. The fact of the matter is, is that a batter, you have to let the batter come at you afterwards. There, that's a part of baseball, right? You you know, you have uh, tension building up. Maybe uh, maybe uh, he's getting payback on something that happened in game or maybe out game, out of the game on this on the you know in, on the business side. But the point is, is like if you're going to bean a batter. The fact that Ubaldo threw down his glove and ran towards him, really without even letting Tulo recover, that to me shows it as a punk move. And that's why that then that's why he was suspended. It had nothing to do with him beating him. If Ubaldo just walked away and, you know, shook his head and said, Oh gosh, I can't believe I just being that guy because i walked him and now our team's in uh, a situation where we got guys on first and second and uh and there's no outs then then that's a, just part of the game but the fact that he ran down there really not even letting Tulowitzki kind of recover from getting hit because i mean you know you get hit by that ball you don't know if you're hurt or not i mean honestly you could get hit in that elbow and be fine or you could be hit in that elbow and you be out for the season so the fact that Obaldo didn't let him recover just a second, and at least let Tulo um, decide to come out well, towards him. The
2: thing, I mean, and I don't mean to just straight up contradict you here, but he Tulo did have the chance to recover. He twisted out of the way like you do. He took the pitch on the elbow. Ball goes flying. Obaldo gets the, the come at me, bro, with the arms out. And immediately, the he did it but immediately. Tulo took a step or two toward the mound. Yes, immediately. immediately. I mean, the two of them clearly wanted at each other. I mean, there's. I mean, I, we we It's almost like a, a grassy knoll sort of thing, you know? Who <laughs> yeah. stepped first? And if you watch a video, and people frame by frame this, I'm proud to say I didn't. I had other things to do. But Tulo <laughs> did take the first step toward him. But it wasn't like Obaldo was like, Huh? He's stepping toward me. Oops, are we mad now? No, no. Obaldo was ready for it. It, it. I don't want to try to assign blame to one or the other. They both wanted it on it. Obaldo threw the pitch, though.
3: I would have liked to have seen Tulo charge out at the mound and... Even if he took his bat out there to hit (laughs) Ubaldo with, I would have liked to have seen a fight. It would have been great. That's great TV. I mean, it was on Center, and it was this – I didn't even see what happened until I think the day after, and I was hearing about it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be sweet, a bench-clearing brawl. Then I see the play, and I'm like, they didn't even get at each other. Like, what a letdown that was. And the other—and and they don't even play this year, so we're not going to see any kind of revenge or any kind of buildup because the exactly. Indians and the Rockies and don't that's play. The World Series, baby.
0: World Series. Yeah, and that's the other <laughs> reason Cleveland's why – Cleveland's not
3: making the World Series with Ubaldo pitching for them.
0: And that's the other reason why I was a punk <laughs> move on Ubaldo's point is that it's a week before opening day – Right. You know yeah. you're not going to see this, this guy again. This is spring training. Ubaldo pitches in the American League. He's not coming to Denver. Colorado Rockies aren't going to Cleveland. There was no need for that. The, the, it, was, it was strictly sour grapes. And it was a representation of Ubaldo's uh, insecurity about not getting the money when Tulo did. And it's not like Tulo was the first guy to speak outwardly about Ubaldo. Ubado was the guy who did that, and and he should have just thrown him. Sh- you know, it's preseason, right? There's one thing I saw today. Somebody had mentioned that the mistake the Rockies made because Cleveland was coming to uh, Phoenix for that game is they should have made it be NL rules, and uh, and then. He uh, wouldn't have been. Uh, I didn't him. hear
3: that. Yeah, because then Ubaldo would have. I come think to I saw
0: that. Gary Miller retweet this.
2: This is kind of when Sean Estes threw behind Roger Clemens rather than just straight <laughs> up hitting him after he threw the, the shattered bat part of Mike Piazza. Yeah, right. But the the, the thing when it comes down to Ubaldo Jimenez is it really it, when he got traded? It always it felt like more of a breakup than it did like just a we lost a player. Like he was one of the first guys that we really liked off the field and on the field. I mean, there's other guys we like off the field too, but he had Who's He was the
0: first pitcher.
2: Yeah, and there, there's a lot to like about him. He's a good homespun boy and all these good things, but it, it, this plays off as sad because something's wrong with him. Either he's hurt or he just lost the edge or he doesn't have the right work ethic or whatever it is, but he's not owning up to it the way he needs to own up to it like a lot of other athletes have and a lot of other athletes haven't, like Ian Stewart, for example. That's why he's not a Rocky no more. But with the Baldo. It seems very much like a guy who's incredibly frustrated with his own shortcomings and trying to find someone to blame. He found someone. He's going to point it at the Rockies to point it at Tulo. It's like, dude, you got to grow up and just take this, man. If you're sucking, you're sucking. You got to find a way to get good again or else you're out of baseball because, like, you got the upside to be an ace of an ace, you know, and right now you're pitching like a three at best. Yeah, and you
0: know what's the- funny is he's already proven enough to have a 20-year career. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind the of, thing. is that people that will always, in Coors Field? Yeah, exactly. People will always bet on that.
3: So it was a good story. Yeah, it is. Like you said, it was a, a kind of a cool story for Colorado to have this kid that, you know, they went down to Dominican and found him and brought him up in the system and all that. So he's gone. He's out of here. How about the dudes they got back? Are those guys, you know, I've been hearing a lot of good buzz about uh, Drew Pomerantz. Uh, I don't know anything really about Alex White. What are those guys going to do this year? And what does what does the pitching staff look like overall? Well,
2: the four guys we got back in the trade are Drew Pomerantz, you mentioned him, and Alex White, um, and then we also got a guy named Joe Gardner, who is probably going to either be in Double A AA or Triple A this year. Extreme ground baller. I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, um, Aaron Cook-esque. Not a lot of strikeouts. Going to keep that ball on the ground and keep the infield busy. And then we got a kind of a throwing guy named Matt McBride. I mean. No offense to him, he's made Triple A ball. That's what a lot of people can say, you know, can't say they did. And but he's, you know, we got depth ahead of him. He's probably not going to see the light of the majors. So, but the, the two guys you mentioned though, White and Pomerantz, Pomerantz still has ace upside. Dude's going to be a good pitcher. He's got a huge. He's a big guy. Got a body that's going to hold up well over a long season. And uh, he he's he's a good pitcher. That's just it's like no better way to put it.
0: And he's on the rotation. Now, yes, he, he's starting rotation.
2: They're holding him off till April fifteenth, oh, just, just to kind of keep. I don't. I forgot the exact rationale why. It's either like an inning load thing or something like that. But they don't need him right off the bat, so they'd rather kind of pitch him in a more controlled environment before they throw him out there. But I mean, April fifteenth is one week into the season, so it's not holding him back for a month. He'll be in the rotation after that. Alex White's made the major league team as a relief pitcher. They're kind of going to take him the route of uh, the Texas Rangers with Neftali Feliz, the uh, Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. Rays with David Price. They're going to start him in the bullpen and then see if he's ready to transition to pitcher either late this season, probably more likely next spring training. See how he does there. He's got growth. I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow still. He's got, again, a huge frame, going to hold up well for baseball, got good pitches. But we saw he gave up, like, what, it was a 60 home runs last year and four innings or something like that? I mean, <laughs> just, just he's got a lot of learning to do. We think that would be best in one-inning spurts. And so, that's
0: the big question, right, is do the Rockies have enough offense this season to overcome their pitching? <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, how does the rest of our our staff actually look? Like our opening day is going to be Jeremy Guthrie, mm-hmm. correct? And
2: right now the rotation sounds like it's going to be Jeremy Guthrie leading opening day against Juan Rodriguez in Houston. Um number 2, they're going to have Jamie Moyer pitch the number 2 slot. Not that he's really the number 2 in the rotation, but you know what they're getting at. Yeah. Um He sounds... hasn't
0: pitched since 2010, right?
2: Ex- yes, has, he all 2011 he was out with a uh Tommy John surgery, but he had a very strong Wait, Jamie spring.
0: Moyer was out?
2: Yes, Jamie Moyer was out. All, full, all of 2011, he's back to pitch again at age 49.
0: Was this his third Tommy John or first?
2: I think it's his first. Because <laughs> that's
0: pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, <laughs> at this age. And then um, we also have uh, Juan Nicasio, the dude who broke his neck last season. He's the yes, yeah. a, a number three. And it sounds like uh will at least just seen this pitch in the home opener. And I might be wrong on the actual order on that, but that's what I've read so far is what it's uh, – sending like those four right there and then April 15th we're going to mix uh, mix Drew Pomerants into that into the mix.
3: So who do you see coming out and being like the leader of this staff and or or at least leading them in wins? I've kind of, you know, heard some people talking about Shashin maybe making a little bit more of a jump and getting to, you know, close to 14-15 wins. Is anybody going to be you know close to 15 to 20 games this year you think are you seeing anything good out of the staff one guy in particular
2: it's one of those staffs where it's the Rockies made it a goal this season and I heard from Dan O'Dowd's mouth himself at FanFest that they were they literally went out and looked for any cost-controlled young pitching with upside cost-controlled meaning within their first six seasons of Major League Baseball and they traded away the guys they traded away to get their hands on all this young pitching guys like uh Josh Altman, who's made the club as a relief pitcher. Guillermo Moscoso, who's pretty much like the sixth man in the rotation, um, but he'll be in the minors. Uh, Tyler Chatwood from the Angels. Guys like this. Uh, When you talk about win totals here, um, I mean, we could could hem and haw about win totals all we want because I don't really think much of pitching wins, but I see what you're getting. Yeah. So all the baseball fans out there, don't worry. I'm not going to (laughs) really hang my hat on pitching wins. But... uh, (laughs) Really, with the Rockies, the Rockies have a competent offense this year. It's not great, but it's competent. It's going to hold up in a week in West as far as offense goes. And you're right, it does come down to whether or not the pitching can hold up. And we want to talk about the best guy in the staff. It kind of really depends on who can throw the most innings. That's what we got Guthrie for. We want someone to kind of crest that magical 200-inning point there. And he's a veteran leader. He's a class act. Baltimore was sad to see him go. And he's he's a, he's a good pitcher. Not great. He's not really a number one. He's just opening the season for. us. He's really like a number two or three at best. But he's a he's got the whole veteran leadership thing going for him. Chasine needs to prove that his first half last season was not a mirage. His second half. I mean, he led the he led the National League in walks. That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. But it, he did it all with a good <laughs> ERA, though. And that's the kind of crazy thing. Chasine has. He's still young. There's still so much room for him to grow. He's just got to get in there and drill strikes. And that's what we got a guy like Ramon Hernandez in there for behind the plate to work with these young pitchers and get them to where we want them to be, teach them how to pitch, not just hurl. Justine's got the upside to be another ace. I mean, when he was coming up, scouts are likening his changeup to Johan Santana's. That's, that's that's pretty uh, pretty high praise right there. Definitely. And so w- w- if you want to talk about win totals, I'm just going to throw out Guthrie's You problem. don't have to
3: talk about it. I'm Gu- just, no, no, I just I mean just as far- to baseball talky with you. No, 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 fair <laughs> enough.
2: Guthrie's pr- – if you want to pick one, probably Guthrie. And you know, just because I think he's going to be able to hold out, pitch more six, seven inning games than Chassine will. Chassine's going to have his p- – probably still going to have high pitch counts, still working on the walks, and still trying – you know, working on his arsenal to get the pitching – you know, his pitches where they need to be. So Guthrie, probably then Chassine um, the other guys are all wild cards, really, because Nicasso didn't have enough of a major league season last year to really get a handle on what he's capable of. Although he's hit ninety seven in spring training already. Drew Pomeranz, same thing, a September audition. I um, mean, Jamie Moyer. I mean, you, we really have no idea what to expect out of Jamie Moyer. People joke about the fact that his fastball is still topping out at eighty. Oh, I could get a hit off Jamie Moyer. Yes, I'm sure you guy on the street could get a hit on Jamie Moyer. That's why major league clubs are still interested in him because you guy on the street could hit off of him. Congratulations! I'll just stop listening to baseball teams from now on. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's uh, even Dennis, that that difference, Quaid, in, bro.
3: Yeah, that difference in Dennis pitching Quaid, speed is going to be. I don't know. I think his you know seventy seven. You know, you hear his changeup is even going to drop. You know, in the 60s or something. He'll be like... throwing Frisbees out there, man. It's going to
2: be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but you're absolutely right, though. Mixing him in there. Because if Nicasio's burning in at 97, Chassin can hit mid-90s. Guthrie's like, you know, a strong, you know, lower to mid-90s guy with his fastball. And then Drew Pomerantz and also pumped mid nineties when he's really when he's really got one. And then Jamie Moyer comes out there eighty miles an hour. I mean, you have him, you know, pitch the rubber match in a series. Oh, Rockies are going to win those games just because everyone's watching for those ninety-seven miles per nobody, hour fastballs. Yeah, nobody
3: prepares for a pitcher that slow, and you know these it's, guys haven't seen that since high school, he, so they don't work He gives them on fits. It, you know? He gives.
2: I mean, it, it's the a knuckleball. Yeah, seriously. It might as well. That's the way his stuff moves. He, I mean, it's such a colloquialism, but he gives batters fits because his stuff moves all over the place, he's and even he listening. locates perfectly.
3: Who's going to close? He's even listened to a spring training game, and he's still striking guys out. Anyway. It's ridiculous.
2: Raphael uh, Betancourt was slated at the close of this offseason. Really? Um, the setup guys are looking like right-handed Matt Belisle and left-handed Rex Brothers. Brothers has got – I mean, we saw That's rookie cool of the name. year go to K, Craig Gimbrel last year from Betancourt? the Atlanta Braves.
0: Rex Brothers is a good name. Uh, I was going to say Raphael Betancourt. I like, Beck I like that core too.
3: Man. I like his look too. He looks like he'd like get in a bar fight with you too. He's
2: <laughs> I like the fact that I can get up and like, you know, fix a drink, start my laundry before he's throwing his first pitch. Dude's the slowest pitcher on the planet. Is, uh,
0: but now Rex he's bro- just constantly taking his collar of his shirt and just wiping oh, yeah. it off and just Doing a couple laps around goes, the mound, That's how you get the spitball baby. He just looks like he's uh, recovering from heroin all the time. He's just sweating <laughs> so much. That's
3: why. That's how you get the good spitball nowadays. You wipe your hands all over the place. You ever do that? Like when you lick your hand and then wipe it on your pants and then feel your hand? It's still very moist. Like those guys know all sorts of little tricks. It's tacky. Yeah. It's tacky. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a little stick there. You can
2: grip the ball a bit better. But all right. Now, closing. Brothers and Blouse setting up. Mm. And Brothers has got some of the nastiest stuff the Rockies have seen in a long time. The guy's got clothes are written all over him which, again, goes with that whole veterans holding down the spot thing. Bancor's closing until he's not closing, and then we got other options. So give us right. your
3: take on uh, third base.
0: Yeah, <sighs> please. This I don't is... want to
3: kind of know why this Casey Blake deal was such a big deal Why he was released. I mean, the guy's 95 years old.
2: <laughs> well, it was, it was a big deal in the sense that we had a guy who was going to play third base. Like, he was – Last season, we didn't have a second baseman or a third baseman. It was terrible. He's like, <laughs> who's going to play these positions today? Well, we're not going to put a third baseman out there. We're just going to have two low cover the entire left side. And But third base, because Casey Blake got released, it's more sag. He's a class act. He's still a good glove, good leader, just you know, good things to say about the guy. His neck surgery went fine over the offseason, but he's been in pain all spring training. Like Just to the point where it's it's like the Rockies are saying – Look, dude, if we pick up your contract, you're gonna be in surgery in a month or something like that. We're not paying you two million dollars to not play. We're sorry. We gotta make the business decision here. So now we gotta deal with a combination of Chris Nelson and Jordan Pacheco to start the season. We'll see what Nolan Arenado, our top hitting prospect, does in AA. Because if he's screaming for the majors, I mean, watch out, you guys, he's coming for your spot. But we're we're pretty much gonna to have to go with the utility guys at third base until somebody else can really until somebody takes it and holds it.
0: We're gonna to have to go with the utility guys at third base. And second base, Marco Scudero's
2: a second base, thank you very much, yeah,
0: as a utility guy, no,
2: he's just starting second base, okay. Man. And, when you're
0: 36 years old, and you probably can't really... catcher when Ramon Hernandez, you know, I mean Pacheco can come in and catch her. He can play first base, catcher, all this stuff. And
2: that's what's awesome about Pacheco. The guy's a ridiculously hard worker and can play the entire infield, effectively speaking. Wouldn't put him at short and second, but he could. But when we in do, an emergency, emergency.
3: When you do have these older guys like like you know Scudero, Hernandez, mm-hmm. and Helton, you gotta expect them. You gotta expect Tracy to give them days off, oh, as yeah. well as them having to deal with some injuries from time to mm-hmm. time. So they do need. You know, dude, and that's, that's what's cool about
2: William Rosario making the team. The dude's supposed to be the next big thing behind the plate. He's uh, you know, come a long way, you know, this off season this spring with his catching skills. Uh, his first major league home run went dead center field about fifteen rows back. I mean, dude launched it. The guy can crush it when he gets a hold of one, but he's gonna be playing at least eighty games this year.
3: I'm always worried about catchers like that. You know, I mean he's showing signs of being a big power hitter now and you always think catchers don't last more than you know, a few years because it's like, man, that wear and tear on their on their body is so brutal. It's like if he's really that good of a hitter, put him. At, you know, can he play anywhere else?
2: That's what the, the Nationals do with Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, they're uh, they're big super prospect. They put him in right field. They said, "You got the arm for it. We just don't want to break you behind the plate. So let's put you in the outfield."
0: Yeah, I wish we had more left-handed batters.
2: Yeah, right? yeah.
0: I mean, we got Cargo, Tulo, Cargo. Giambi. Uh, Tulo is uh, a Not Tulo. I've been mean, ca- Cargo um, <laughs> What
2: the hell am I talking about? Purple Row, not Cup. No, first Helton, one, one. of the first articles Helton, I wrote for Purple I said Houston Street was a left-hander, and everyone's like, I'm pretty sure he's a right-hander. I'm like, well, I just destroyed my article. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got Helton, Giambi, and Cargo. That's what I meant to say. To, is Who's Tulo, this is car-
0: Tyler Colvin.
2: Tyler Colvin. He was a, he, we got him in he's a lefty. We we got him from the Chicago Cubs in exchange for Ian Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically their Ian Stewart. He's this guy with like all this monstrous potential, hasn't you know really realized the lick of it. And people wonder about his head, wonder about his work ethic, wonder about just whatever we worry about for him. And they both, you know, him and Stewart got traded for each other. So he's the fourth outfielder out of spring training. He could be stealing playing time. I mean, he's had a huge spring training, just really big, and he's coming into a hitter's paradise this could be a turning point for him. I mean, especially if Dexter Fowler doesn't come out as strong as we're hoping in center field, we might be seeing Colvin getting more playing time than we originally expected. Because, I mean, opening day outfield is Cargo in left, Dex in center, and Michael Kadiar in right. Mm -hmm. But um, if Dex, like I said, within a few weeks, if Dex is just, you know, batting 100 still, I can see another remedial trip to the springs in his future. Cargo moves to center, you got Colvin in left, Kadiar in right, Cargo in center. And Colvin can play center too, so he's a great utility guy there for the outfield.
0: Where's EY Jr. going to fit in?
2: I love him as a 25th man on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's on the major league roster, man. That's true, yeah. that's true, He's not a starter, but he is the biggest enigma on the team, possibly. Every stop in the minor scouts are like, this guy's peaked, he's done. You know, good try, man. We're glad your daddy made the majors, but you're not going to do it. And then the next thing you know, he's in high A ball. Next thing you know, he's in double A ball. Next thing you know, he's in the springs, and now he's in the majors. I, he's a heart arguably the hardest worker on the team he's willing to learn he listens and he works really 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 hard to overcome his own deficiencies is he
0: on this roster because colorado fans have a nostalgic appreciation of him is that why
2: not his roster spot isn't just nostalgia and nepotism i'm not gonna lie and say that his ascent and even the fact that he's being looked at isn't part nostalgia and nepotism but he really does work that hard he really does try to improve his game. It's not like he's batting 100 and making it to the majors. He's been doing – he's had a very good spring. He's never going to hit for power. That's just – he's never, he might hit one home run a but season. Don't, you don't need him to. Exactly. Right? With his speed, he's just on, get on base. Get him on base and he's on second. I mean, the dude's got 60 stolen base potential in him, and I'm not exaggerating there. His defense is is questionable at absolute best. But, again, he's been working insanely hard to improve it. The Rockies team is just an outfielder. They don't like him at second base. We had enough you know, second-base guys to play there anyways between Herrera, Nelson, Scudero, uh, Tommy Field, eventually Josh Rutledge, guys like that. So they're looking at him as kind of a fifth outfielder, more of a late-game pinch runner, take the spot, start when needed. Yeah. I'm excited for him. He's. We haven't had a guy like him since Willie Tavares, and Willie Tavares was terrible, but the guy could run <laughs> like a madman. Okay, man.
0: all right, Willie Tavares. Yeah, he can bunt and get on they, base. First of all, I just have to say I will always, always miss Willie Tavares. Because of his post-game interviews. Ross <laughs> is pretty good at these. I've heard it. You want to try this out here? Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Act like you're a reporter, which you oh. are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like In a are. sense. More of an analyst. <laughs> now, uh, ask me. Uh, I'm, I'm Willie Tavares, and uh, we just uh, I just hit a walk-off uh, uh, double to win the game. Ask me how I feel.
2: So it's, uh, it's been a bit, been a big exciting game out there, and you got the big hit out there. Willie, tell us how you feel.
0: I uh, really happy right now. You know, I uh, really we feel really good. Uh, we play a good game. Uh, we go out there, we play really hard. Uh, go game by day. Really happy. Okay,
3: Andrew. Now uh, Willie has just uh, seen his team lose a heartbreaker. Uh, you know, walk off home run for the Chicago Cubs. <coughs> Willie Tavares had a chance to maybe grab it over the wall, couldn't quite make the play. Ask him uh, about his his heartbreak out there.
2: And Willie, we saw that uh, that ball come off the bat of Aramis Ramirez tonight. Um, you know, it looked like a close play. It would have been a highlight reel catch, and it just bounced off the top of the glove. Can you uh, can you tell me a bit more? What were you thinking out there? How are you feeling?
0: I really sad right now. You know, uh, don't feel real good. You know, we want to win. Uh, don't feel real happy right now. But you know, we go out there and make a we play a game by day. And, you know, tomorrow we want to go out. There. We want to go out there, and we want to, you know, we want to win the game. All I like about.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: <laughs> it makes me think of when they had a when they had your miked up when he was at the Rockies. Yeah. Hearing him yell at the pitchers was the best thing ever. Hey man, you too good for this man? You, do, you come out and you throw your guipich. We get this guy out, okay? We throw your at uh, This one game when Jose Mesa was in the Rockies in '06 or 05, It was 06. And he's crapping up an inning, and Tori Alba comes up and goes, Hey,
0: man, you're too old for me to tell you anything. Just throw your good cool pitch. We get through this, okay? <laughs> yeah, but then when you say you ought to be in the postgame thing, He's like, well, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love Toriyama, man. He's great. And it's, uh, I love I'm glad to have somebody like Ramon on the on the staff you know, on the on the team to control the staff and work work behind the plate because I, I think that is a huge part of the game that's that's underrated by a lot of people is is the catcher. So,
0: oh, it's yeah, they're they're the um, uh, you know, Tulo is our, our our the Rockies, yeah, yeah, yeah. on field leader for sure. Uh, we uh, discussed previously. Uh, maybe in late February or something along the lines when there was that uh, Denver Post article it's about how uh, Todd Helton has quietly passed around oh, yeah, to, yeah, to Lewinsky
3: <laughs> <Here> you go <laughs> <No>, Helton
2: <laughs> all the respect in the world love Todd Helton but I mean you never hear a single thing about him speaking at or yelling at a rookie for dogging it out there or anything that's like not his place apparently and it's like Tulo will go and get in your face when you dog it out there, and that's what this team freaking needs. You have needs. to
3: have that kind you of thing. you got to
2: have somebody angry there, is going to tell you when you screwed up, and then you got to own up to it. Yeah. That, uh, no, with, with catchers, I mean, it's interesting that you brought it up how important they are because, like, the baseball prospectus and a couple other publications have been putting out studies about catcher framing skills because that's one of the biggest beefs about Chris when he was when he's with a team. I mean, his low batting average, which I'll still say his OPS was more than enough to make up for a low batting average but it's actual pitcher handling skills and i'm like you guys are full of crap you just make yeah i get it you we got those catchers who are really scrappy and actually suck at baseball but god damn if they can't hold a strike in the corner and yes. get the ump to call it and then but and they're like oh i can't do that so he's a bad catcher and i'm like you're full of crap he gets traded to the Angels. Like two weeks in the spring training, Jared Weaver's already like, I miss Jeff Mathis so much. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has ever said those words ever. I miss Jeff Mathis on my team. But Jared Weaver has
0: broken the barrier. And Yorby, they yes, and should Jeff have never Mathis gotten rid of Yorby, still, right? I yeah. mean, is he in the Padres still?
2: He right now he is with Texas still. He is Went at Texas. Texas, yeah. He
0: was at the Padres uh last time I saw him. I don't know. It yeah. yeah a couple years he ago.
2: signed a one year deal with the Padres and signed a two year deal with Texas. Okay. I love your Vittorio Alba for his fire, for his passion, for his great pitcher handling skills. I hate the fact that he bats terribly for like Two year deal with the Rockies between oh for 08 and 09 after the World Series run, he batted like garbage for eleven of those twelve months. And then September t- two thousand nine rolls around, oh, and suddenly like C and I singles yeah. everywhere. My roommate and I were joking <laughs> Walk about off out-
0: home runs. <laughs> Wasn't that
2: it? No, he was seeing. It, 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 we, we called <laughs> he was them. Just w- base. They were
0: warp tunnel
2: doubles. He hit it right at a fielder. It would go into the tunnel, come out of the tunnel somewhere in the outfield. and He's on second base, fist pumping because the ball like magically squirted past a fielder, and it's. I mean, yeah, he batted like three ninety for the for the month of September, but it was all seeing ice singles for God's sake. I mean, oh, we'd love don't to see the Rockies. It. Don't Go, it. Rockies winning, we're taking it. But oh my God, are we? Please don't build on this guy. It's all. Ugh. I'm glad all right. I
3: got something right talking about a catcher, though. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't another. We're not going to talk about win totals, dum dum.
0: <laughs> well, here's my okay. Before we get into the close, which we're going to do here in a minute.
3: Is Tyler Chatwood related <laughs> to Jimmy Chitwood at all? I, can't.
2: I, I believe there's a, a weird Kansas-Kentucky kind of relationship going on there. Jimmy
0: Chitwood. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Ross. Um, what, do you, what do you got? I'm glad. Did you <laughs> spring up Hoosiers? I did. I thought you hated Hoosiers. I hate Hoosiers, but I'm staring at the tennis, roster. And... Why don't you just keep the word Hoosiers out of your mouth Done. until you're ready to appreciate that movie Not for what is. I'll do that. Um, all right, so uh, here's a big big question. Uh, actually, a small question. Who – are you guys going to miss from this season, from the guys that were on the season last season? Or let me rephrase phrase that. Who, yeah, exactly. Who are you going to miss the most from 2011 that aren't here now? And the only reason I ask that is so I can give my answer, but I want you guys to answer first.
3: Uh, Andrew, you go ahead. I'll,
2: I'll thank you. Clayton Mortensen. No, 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 not Clayton <laughs> Mortensen. <laughs> um, no, I mean, if we're not counting Obaldo in there and – I.
0: No, no, no. you can count it if that's the guy you're gonna
2: miss. The thing is, is I don't miss 2011 Nubaldo at all. I miss 2010 Nubaldo a whole bunch. I mean, you we have 2010
0: a... uh, from April to June.
2: Hey he's still the full season was phenomenal. <laughs> all right, if we want to break up every single pitcher, start we could make Roy Halladay look like a bum. All right, no, we couldn't. Yeah, um, you couldn't. No. Um, hey, West. I, I, I wanted to say I want to say Chris Iannetta because I've always been like the biggest advocate of his but i just got so sick of arguing about his catching framing skills and his low banning average and his lack of passion i
3: broke my cousin heather's heart that he was traded as well. ianetta
0: yeah your cousin heather's an idiot Apparently, he's a looker. Iannetta? <laughs> I
3: don't know. When the dude, I, I'm not the
0: lead. Ian Stewart is a looker.
2: When the dude freaked out after. Ian a, Stewart
0: is not. Iannetta
2: freaked out, cussed out the ump after he missed that call in the Brewers game. Like I'm like, oh, that's a fire we've been missing, and then it just never came back again. Now, really, Seth Smith. The dude. Oh, I,
3: man. All right, take yours. Yeah, no, uh, you don't have to take. Him, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh,
2: Chris Ionetta, That was my answer. No, so no, no, I no Seth Seth I'm agreeing Seth with Seth you, man. Seth Smith. It's Seth Seth a tough Smith. one. It's a tough Seth one. Seth Smith
0: hurts because
3: I almost forgot. I forgot he's not, not on the a day-to-day day day starter. It!
0: By the way, not a day-to-day starter. Even, but, uh, e-
3: even if he's awesome. even if he's a platoon. No, I'm just guy. saying.
0: I miss him. I'm just saying.
2: Even if he's a platoon guy, people are forgetting the fact that seventy-five percent of major league pitchers are right-handed. You know who hits right-handers really well? Left-handers like Seth Smith Ugh. crushed them, but he was just so bad against lefties that it dragged dragged his overall numbers down. And like during the off during the shareholder or the uh, season ticket holders call with Dan O'Dowd this offseason. They brought up, well, what are you thinking about Seth Smith? And he basically said, "We're trading," him without saying we're trading him. And someone's like, "You're kidding? You're throwing away a guy who can, you know, he crushes righties and he hits 20 home runs." And Dan O'Dead chimes in immediately. He's never hit 20 home runs ever. You know, like, <laughs> where is he now? By the way, he's Oakland. Oakland. We got a uh, Josh ah. Altman and Guillermo Moscoso for him. But I still uh, have
3: my his hat. I'm going to bring that back, baby. Like,
2: Seth Smith was one of the most underrated players on the team, but the only. The only thing I can think of is why they got rid of him was off-field stuff. It sounded like he was more concerned about his next arbitration raise than he was really? about being the best he could be. Damn. I, the I, is,
0: there's no It breaks way. my
2: heart, man. This offseason has been such a witch hunt as to find who's not the hard workers that it's hard to take anything seriously anymore because we're thinking, like, why is this guy getting rid of? Oh, it's a bunch of stuff he never heard about from the clubhouse. Oh, it's the contract negotiations. Oh, it's not a money thing. It's a do you really want to be here or do you just want to collect a paycheck thing? And apparently Seth Smith wanted the paycheck more than he wanted to be there. Well,
0: I'll tell you one guy uh, who God. wanted to be here and who's gone, and I'm going to miss him for eternity. Greg Reynolds. Ryan Spillboards. Oh,
1: boy, Spilley. Uh,
2: Spilley! Sp- where's Sp- where's, 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 where's Spillboards? Cleveland, Cleveland with
0: Ibaldo. Oh, the I loved Ryan Spillboards. That's the walk-off that homer guy- you're thinking of, Ross. Yeah, well, no, no. You already hit a couple, too. Uh, maybe not in the playoffs, but uh, I watched him do it on uh, – like 4th uh, of July, two years ago. Yorby hit a couple. But Ryan Spielborgs, come on. We couldn't pay for him. Yeah. Well, did you see his uh,
2: batting line last year? And the fact that he played terrible outfield defense? Like, he was just a bad player last year. Couldn't he no, just be, like, in the dugout awesome. hanging no. out or something? Like, if. If you could get major <laughs> if he if we pay paying Giambi to do it, why can't we pay Spilly to do it right? Yeah,
3: I give him, I mean he's got the facial hair, he's friends with everybody, no, he's like funny. Spilly, everyone loves him and stuff like I that.
2: Love him. But the the problem is is that, you know, you Giombi at least pulled his weight in the box last year. I mean yeah. I love Spillboards. I love the guy who's a team whatever he kept things light, he kept things fun, he... But like you just can't keep a guy like that on the roster when he's getting the raises, for, you know, through arbitration and stuff like that, when he's not performing, and it, it's it's the kind of he's not like a hot shot prospect who has like you know no that's the potential. thing is he's
0: not he's a throwing player on a trade yeah exactly and but, we could have kept him I bought the T shirt man I know I bought the Spielberg's T shirt
2: <laughs> when you see Charlie Blackman just gliding through the outfield and making hustling plays and stuff like that you'll you won't you'll miss him still. That's Matt Holiday. That's not Ryan billboard. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah,
3: why do you have that? Why did you not burn that?
0: I, I, I still uh, like Matt Holiday. You hate Matt Holiday? No, I like no, Matt Holiday. I still like Matt I'm just saying, every T-shirt I buy, I can't buy a Helton T-shirt because... But I think we're safe with Helton.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> see, I refuse to buy a player jersey of any sport because the minute I buy that jersey, they're going to either start sucking, get hurt, or get traded. And I'm going to oh, be like, oh, some I'm out
0: a 100 bucks.
2: No, I said me, not you. We'll start <laughs> for the Nuggets for a little
3: while and then get benched.
0: You're <laughs> talking about right. the Mozgov Militia yeah, t-shirt hanging yeah. over there? Well, listen, folks, these are just uh, for sound dampening effects.
2: So. That must be it. For, yeah. yeah, We've
0: got to decrease the echo here in the palatial studio.
2: I'm guessing this uh, this gigantic Colorado flag behind me is also for sound dampening? Yeah. Yes. And for aesthetics. That thing's gigantic. It's it awesome, is. though, isn't it? Yeah. It's
0: hand-stitched. Hand hand-sewed by uh, uh, my wife's cousin.
2: We shot the bed sheets.
0: (laughs) She took two bed sheets and seemed to create a flag. (laughs) Hey, whatever whatever works.
3: We're talking about the Rockies here. They may they may make the playoffs, they may not, right? Is that what you're telling us? At the end of the day, we don't know what we have really. Honestly, it's
2: all gonna come down to pitching. Like the offense, like I said, looks competent enough to, to compete with like come on the Giants, the and the Padres. Give me a break. But it's going to come down to their young pitching. There's a lot of young pitching. Like I said, will Chisen do it? Will Will Pomerantz have a rough rookie year? Um, like, will their next call-up, you know, have trouble as well? Is Jamie Moyer going to last past two starts? Things like that. The, the Rockies are going to be all about That's the big question: is pitching. I could I uh, seeing them actually taking the division this year would be a stretch. I could see them finishing second. I could. I could also see them finishing fifth. It's going to depend on health. It's going to depend on pitching. And with guys as old as we have on the team right now, and with pitching as young and inexperienced as we have on the team right now, yeah, that's uh that's a lot of question marks. Which and it's such it's such a cop out and I hate having to cop out like that, but I really just don't know. I mean, obviously nobody knows, but it's hard to even project these guys. All the mathematical models, you know, like Pakota through baseball prospectus or um uh, just any of the uh, Bill James projections. No, zips, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no clue. Projections, <laughs> <The police> statistical <laughs> projection systems through places such as the Baseball Think Factory, Baseball Prospectus, Bill James. Those are all going to say, oh, they're old, they're going to fall apart. But they're, the Rockies were looking for leadership, they're looking for hustle, they're looking for hard work, they're looking for a particular kind of batting style, a lot of contact, not a lot of strikeouts. And that's who they went out and got. And it's anyone's guess if that's going to work out as well as they're hoping. Like I said, the offense is going to swing. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm worried about – okay, I'm worried about the offense. they're all going to break.
0: <laughs> I'm so terrified of this <laughs> offense. But <laughs> We should be terrified of this season. But, you know, that's the best thing about the Rockies is that it's just fun to go to the game. Oh, yeah. It's just fun to be a fan. and uh, And that's what's different between the Rockies and every other team in the city is that – for some reason, we don't need them to win. Or, you need the, you
2: know. the, the way I phrase it all off season is if, this, this, if the team would go out and give everything they got every game, even if they lose every if – they, if, they, if, they, if they finish fifth in the division, yeah, everyone's going to be pissed off, but if they went out there and hustled like madmen, nobody's going to be like, oh, I wasted my monies on the Rockies. Like last year, like you just didn't see it in them. They yeah. didn't want it. This year – even if they don't want it, they all want to keep playing, and that they're they're playing for jobs. They're playing to keep them keep the prospects down a little bit longer. I mean, you're going to get your money's worth out of the Rockies this year, even if they don't win. That's the way I've been phrasing it.
0: Absolutely, Timmons. I like it, man. You got something? I'm on board. We do have a little bit of a quiz now.
3: You guys oh, ready? Ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh. ho!
0: I'm ready. I mean, I'm not ready, but, Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm ready. But I'm going to lose. Okay. Just kidding. I was having I to
3: adjust it because we did give away one of the answers while we were talking about uh, one of the young Rockies players, Jamie Moore.
0: That oh. So anyway, that yeah. was let's, old?
3: Let's do this. We're gonna play a little bit of a little bit of a quiz here. Do it. Uh, Ross is going to vacate the studios for a minute. We'll uh, ask Andrew Martin six questions, and then six. Uh, we'll bring Ross back in, ask him the exact same six questions, and whoever gets the uh, the most correct is going to be the uh, big winner of the. Uh, uh, IT guy versus
0: the uh, Rockies expert. Jeff. I'm a web developer as
2: well, so we could say IT versus <laughs> development. Now let's not do that. Oh God, I, lost, I feel dirty when I call
3: him the IT guy. Have you
2: seen the IT crowd? <laughs> no. Oh my God, British British sitcom about IT guy it's hilarious. Great great story, Andrew.
1: Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah, good point. yeah, I love the IT guy, Andrew. Oh, the IT crowd, funny show, Andrew.
2: Oh yeah.
3: Ah! <laughs> We might bring you back for a sound effects guy if you're yeah, interested seriously. in that. You can add another guy to your title. Should um, I go ahead and leave? Yeah, go ahead, Ross. Jump out of here, and we'll get into this uh, little quiz, and then I'll, uh, pop- I'll probably lean out the door and wave at you so you come back in. Pop on Netflix while you're out there watch the IT crowd.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> seriously, All right. it's
3: awesome. Okay, we did this uh, once before. I was the uh, guinea pig that had to go stand on the balcony, so I wanted to pay Ross back a little bit by doing that making him go out there especially on a night when it's probably 15 degrees out there. Oh, yeah, it's it's chilly out there.
2: (laughs) It's perfect. Nipply.
3: Some of these questions are going to be pretty easy for you, hopefully. Uh, And I threw a couple in that should be easy for you. Hopefully very difficult for Ross. If you
2: ask me about Bobby Estolella, we're going to have problems. (laughs) I I
3: don't have him in here. There are no steroid-related questions, so we might be safe on, on Estolella. All right, you ready to do this? Let's do this. All right, question one should be an easy one. Name the four Blake Street Bombers. The
2: four? Let's see. There was uh, Larry. There's Mo. There's Curl. Yes. Obviously, Larry Walker, Vinny Castilla, Dante Bichette, and the big cat, Andres Galarraga. Damn, you got all four of those correct. Record time. Record? Record time. <laughs> <laughs> but we have times on this. We have a leaderboard for how fast you can name the Blake Street Bombers.
3: Yes, I was actually uh, trying these earlier, and I uh, got we, it in we, six seconds. We got, got Preston Wilson,
2: <laughs> Jeremy Burnett's, Vinny Castillo's Corpse, and. Uh,
3: all right, number two, not a not a brainbuster either, but uh, I'm interested to see uh, Ross's answer on it. So, all right, what college did Troy Tulowitzki attend?
2: Oh man, it's not San Diego State. Long Beach State. Yes, yes,
3: a little scary. Were you just throwing out San Diego State for fun, or
2: because no, I, I, <laughs> San Diego State's where Steven Strasburg went? And I was like, oh crap, it's another one of them California <laughs> state colleges.
3: I'm so bad at colleges. All right, so we can't can't have a quiz show without not mentioning Jamie Moyer, of course. I mean, he's the most – you can write any kind of trivia. Okay, number three. Moyer has pitched for all of these teams except for – this will be multiple choice for you. A, the Cubs. Yes. B, the Rangers. C, the Padres. D, the Cardinals. E, the Orioles. F, the Red Sox. G, the Mariners, or H, the Phillies? So he's pitched – I know
2: he's pitched for the Mariners, the Phillies, and the Cubs. I can tell you that much. But which one of the Cardinals, Padres, and Rangers does he not pitched for?
3: Oh, boy. I'm going go with the Padres. Can I go with Padres? You, sir, would be correct in that yes. answer. You're a three for three so far.
1: God, <laughs> you're so sexy, Andrew. Oh, you're so good at this stuff. Oh, you're wearing a sharp sweater too. Oh, man.
3: It is a sharp sweater. Our studio audience points out the uh, the sharp dress. To uh, guys, Martin guys, tonight. keep it
2: down here. We're trying to work on this.
1: Oh, Andrew, do me
2: now.
3: <laughs> Man, wild bunch we got here for this uh, for this one. All right, question four. You ready? You're three for three so far. Question four. Everyone knows that David Need was the Rockies' first pick in the November seventeenth, nineteen ninety two expansion draft. Selected him from the Atlanta Braves. Probably the only bad pitcher the Braves had on their entire staff. Right, and the Rockies picked him. Yeah, <laughs> uh at that time okay
2: David, he was a stud man come on
3: okay all right but who was the second player selected by the Rockies in that expansion draft can you name the player and the team
2: oh boy oh man we're going to go with, we're going to go with Andres Galarraga from the St. Saint- Louis Cardinals oh, that is that is not correct oh!
3: man it's a good one Good I'm I, not even going to give you the correct answer. I'm going to make no, you sweat it out until Ross comes I, I'm back. I'm okay with sweating. Oh. <laughs> All right. Question five. The Rockies drafted Todd Helton with the blank overall pick in the 1995 draft. And I can give you three multiple choices if you'd like them.
2: Let's see, seventh or eighth. Go ahead and give me the multiple choice.
3: A, eighth. B, first. Or C, 17th. Oh, then it was, it was eighth. Okay, I shouldn't have given you the multiple choices. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you said I thought we were sure going to go eighth, first, and seventh. I was like, "Oh, you dick! Thanks for nothing, man." <laughs> I knew it wasn't first.
3: <laughs> I should have said seventh. I did. Uh, I didn't want to. I don't want to screw you over like that. that. Would be fair. Oh, thank you. All right, so we're working on a four out of five. Last question. You ready? Question six. Do it. Six. The Rockies have only had five managers since coming into the major leagues in 1993. Can you name all five managers? Okay,
2: so Don Baylor, Buddy Bell, Jim Leyland, Clint Hurdle, and Jim Tracy.
3: Bam, man, you got those quick. That was pretty good. There's
2: a lot of hatred built up there.
3: <laughs> all right, sir, so we're not going to tell Ross. We're going to bring him back in. We're not going to tell him uh, how many you missed. I don't want him to know what he has to beat. So he's going to have no idea what you got. We're going to ask him the same six questions. You'll be right here to hear him. I'm going to go uh, wave him back in right now. That sounds like a plan. All right. Hopefully the crowd will keep it down and not have any more of those distractions. Hopefully
2: the crowd also won't give away the answers. Yeah, thanks, crowd. So, you know, in the meantime, if you're bored, we do have these article series running on PurpleRow.com, one about Venezuelan baseball that uh, Rafael Rojas Cremones, he's been writing. He's our Latin correspondent, lives down in Venezuela, writes for the newspaper Maridiano. We also have Craig Baker, the uh, Rockies' fourth-round second pick in that round, um, same year as Greg Reynolds in 2006. Dude-dominated do- single-A ball. Made it to double A, and his elbow gave up on him. But he's been writing uh, pieces about his own draft experience. He's uh, going to be coming up pretty soon here. I'm hoping this week, if we have time for him, but uh, writing about um, his experience in the, with the Asheville Tourists in the South Atlantic League, it's a pretty unique experience. I mean, we've heard a lot about uh, players' draft histories, their minor league experiences, but uh, you know, having an actual Rockies prospect on, the, you know, on our writing staff is pretty exciting. Dude, that's amazing. I can't believe that. It's it, he, well, what's cool is that we I mean between uh, me and Andrew Fisher, we just kind of did some twitter scouting and and Raphael got in touch with me. Craig got in touch with Fisher, and we just this this insight's ridiculous i mean we I mean if you haven't read any of our articles, check them out i mean it's it's a it's a big cultural human interest kind of piece with Raphael, but he's getting quotes from the players and that's something we haven't had on purple row before just access to the players I mean we're talking to to Scudero, Betancourt, cargo Herrera, um Hernandez.
3: Well he's mentioned as well that he's also getting quotes from not only players but from like family members, right? Players'
2: parents. Cargo's dad is a very stand up individual right. as well, and he just wants um the most news out about his son as possible. I mean he wants his son to be a big name in Colorado and become a household name in Venezuela. I mean winning a batting title eighteen years after Andres Galarraga did made him a household name, but yeah. I mean you're learning a bit a lot about how Venezuela looks at like Andres Galarraga like we looked at Griffey when we were growing up.
3: Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a big comparison because, man, I love Ken Griffey Jr. growing up. Oh, yeah, exactly.
2: So so I just doing some plug in there, bud. I hope you don't mind. No. PurpleRow.com.
0: PurpleRow.com.
3: All right, Ross, we're not going to give you uh, any clue as to how well Andrew may or may not have done. We're going to give you the same oh six. six questions. You may have gone over six. Look, That's that is a mean mugging me. <laughs> Andrew with a serious poker face.
2: Poker poker face.
3: All right, Ross, you ready to go? We got six questions. Uh, I'll give you a, two of them are going to be multiple choice. Maybe that'll help you out a little bit. Maybe not. We'll find out soon. You ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, you can lace up that. Uh, that. What what do you call those?
2: What do you call those?
3: These
0: are uh, shoes. Oh, shoes. Like house shoes, or are they yeah. wear around shoes? These are wear around shoes.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That look cool. Clark's.
0: Clarks. I'm wearing Clarks right now, too. I'll well, see. Yeah, it's a good, it's good shoe brand, yeah. We're, brother, am, uh... we it's brother.
3: We is brother. We same, yes? <laughs> we are. Martin. I'm wearing no shoes if anybody, anybody cares. <laughs> I am just in socks. Argyle socks. I'm sure his well. shoes are, uh, are actually Clarks, so. though. <laughs> <laughs> they should be. All right, Ross. Ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready. Question number one. Can you name the four Blake Street Bombers? Yeah. And you can't use the internet, by the way.
0: No, well, I'm not. Okay. Um, Dante Bichette. Correct. Larry Walker. Yes. Andres Galarraga. Yes, sir. Vinny Castilla.
3: That is all four. Nice work, Ross. (sighs) Booyah! (sighs) Booyah. All right, question two. We're still cooking. Sorry.
0: Just have to stop my panic attack.
3: What college did Troy Tulowitzki attend? Oh, my
0: God. All right, so, uh, It's in California. Correct. It's uh, not uh, UC Santa Barbara.
3: Is that your final answer?
0: Uh, I guess it is.
3: That is wrong. The correct answer there is Long Beach State.
0: Yeah, that's what I said, right? Didn't I say Long Beach State? No,
3: I'm sorry.
2: I'll let him be the bad guy here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moving along, question
3: number three. Jamie Moyer has pitched for all of these teams except for, will oh give you some multiple choice, A, the Cubs, B, the Rangers, C, the Padres, D, the Cardinals, E, the Orioles, F, the Red Sox, G, oh my the God. Mariners, dude, this one sucks, dude. Or H, the Phillies. He's pitched for all of those teams except for one.
0: I, I know he pitched for the Phillies, right? In two thousand ten. There you go, yes. Um, that's correct. I'm gonna go with the Mariners. The Mariners, that would be incorrect.
3: Ah oh, he was even in their commercials. Was it San Diego.
0: Was it San Diego?
3: It was
2: San Diego. Wow. The, the, the Mariners had an ad when Moyer was still with them where uh, they're saying, Jamie Moyer's career spanned a long time. He was the first pitcher to pitch a night game in, you know, in, in, in you know, Wrigley. and the, He was the first <laughs> bat boy for the 1914 athletics or whatever. <laughs> and then Moyer's sitting there in the editing studio going, really? Okay, come on. We stretched it a little. The Mariners <laughs> have the best ads. They really do.
0: This is called rubbing it in. I
3: believe he pitched for the Mariners for about ten seasons. No, so Yanke, he didn't.
0: Something
2: around there? He actually had a clause in his contract that said he didn't have to go on the road for away games. He could just kind of hang out in, in, in Washington with his family until he had to pitch
3: again. 10 seasons? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Maybe he not that long, from, but he was there for a while. Started from like 96 to, yeah, okay. Moving on. Question four. Everybody knows, especially you, Ross, that David Need was the Rockies' first pick in the November 17th, 1992 expansion draft from mm-hmm. the Atlanta Braves.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But who was the second selection? That the Rockies took in that expansion draft. Can you name the player and maybe as a bonus, the, the team as well?
0: Name the player. And
3: which team they took
0: him from in the which expansion team they draft. they took him from.
3: David Need from the Atlanta Braves was the first player the Rockies took.
0: The first year, I, I uh, let me just kind of talk through this real quick. Yes. I remember a lot of players from that season. Um, I remember that uh, my, uh, my best friend's mother was uh, on a flight with the entire team, and she got a baseball signed by everybody on that team. And I, and I have that baseball, yet all of the signatures have faded. Okay. It's kind of depressing.
3: Except for this player's signature might still have a little ink left. The
0: in. only <laughs> signature left um, was a guy who used his own pen instead of her pen. Uh, I doubt that's this player, but uh, I'm just going to say this, and it's probably wrong. Is it Alex Cole?
3: Is that your final answer?
0: Well, yeah, obviously.
3: No, it was not Alex Cole.
0: Was it a pitcher? It was a pitcher. I'm sorry.
3: The correct answer for question four, the second player of the Rockies selected in the expansion draft, oh, Girardi, Charlie Hayes. Oh, it's
2: Charlie Hayes. Charlie Hayes. Oh, you got
3: it wrong
0: too.
2: Yeah. I, I said Galarraga.
3: Did you guys know which team they took him from?
0: From uh, Charlie Hayes? Yes. Yeah, of course. It was the Mets.
3: I didn't know that. <laughs> I just said
0: that like I knew. <laughs> you were was... close.
3: The Yankees. Uh. It was a New York team. You now, I'm thinking of that
2: opening day lineup there. You had Charlie Hayes at third, Galarraga at first. I'm pretty sure Castillo was at shortstop at that point. Girardi behind I the plate. I think it was
3: uh, Freddie Benavides was somewhere around there, wasn't he? I
2: think so. God, I'm trying to remember now. Because they had Bichette in the outfield. They didn't have Walker at that point. He didn't come until 94. And then they had Alex Cole as well. I and I just...
0: this program from yeah, the you inaugural should... season? He has the inaugural <laughs> season program right there. Folks. I don't it's
2: believe that Castillo started.
3: Time. Until uh, a couple seasons later. Uh,
2: he was with the Rockies in 93. Yes. He was
3: with them, but I don't think he was What in the about Armando day. Reynoso? Oh, Reynoso <laughs> is such a beast. The nastiest pickoff move of all time.
2: 4.0 ERA in 1994. Dude was a beast.
3: All right, Ross, we're still humming along here. Question five. The Rockies drafted Todd Helton with the blank overall pick in the 1995 draft. Good news for you. You get three multiple choices here. So Helton was...
0: Nate, we lost, the, we lost, we ran out of tape.
3: We talked too much, Ross. <laughs> we talked we too ran much. ran out of
0: tape in the middle of that uh, fifth question you were I asking. I blame
3: myself.
0: Yeah, Andrew, it's your fault completely. In the
3: middle of that, that fantastic quiz that I was putting Ross through.
0: Yeah, what was the fifth question that I got right?
3: Uh, the fifth question that you thought you got right, but I said number out, eight. I said eighth. Turns out you actually got wrong.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right.
3: Fortunately for you. Uh, sorry, I was having to pull back up the uh, the doc there. You're uh, like, uh, the fifth I'm question just was: My Twitter. The Rockies during this. drafted. Uh, no, I had to pull up my Microsoft Word piece. The uh, Rockies drafted Todd Helton with the blank overall pick in the '95 draft. Ross, uh, of course, guessed that he was first overall, like he is in Ross's heart, but he was wrong. He was actually eighth overall. Six question with the uh, the Rockies' managers, Ross made a, a valiant attempt oh, at a comeback.
0: Right. All those, uh, all those uh, extra credit questions. Yes. Out, on too. out of the oh. five
3: managers, Ross was able to name four of the five. The one that tripped him up was Buddy Bell. He forgot about the Buddy Ball era in Colorado. And I believe mm-hmm. you guessed Dusty Baker was the...
0: I just said that. I didn't think that was it. <laughs>
3: okay. So things went down. Andrew Martin, of course, won the quiz, got uh, five out of six correct. Ross Martin, uh, with uh, I think we agreed you'd get a 1.85 good ERA-type uh, performance there out of you. But, uh, Andrew, congratulations. How did I miss Charlie Hayes? How did <laughs> I miss Charlie Hayes and the Yankees? Oh. You were in a, uh, in a haze probably, huh? cha-cha-cha-cha. Oh, man.
2: We were sound effects for that right there.
3: I'm good at the cheesy. Waka-waka-waka. I, waka, waka. <laughs> I don't have the funny down, but I definitely got the cheesy. So Yeah,
0: well – this was fun, guys. It was pretty good.
3: Andrew, Andrew won the uh, the quiz. Of course, we gave him hooked him up with some uh, Colorado Rockies themed eye black from EyeBlack Yeah, iblack.com. boy! <laughs> got the Rockies logo. The uh, the secondary ones, of course, also have the CR on them. EyeBlack uh, dot com. Check those out. Andrew will be uh, if you, if you follow him on Twitter. If you're a member of Purple Row, hit him up. See if he'll maybe hook you up with a pair of those. Who knows if he's generous or not. Maybe if you're friends with Andrew in real life, you can. Uh, Maybe bug him for a pair as well. We'll see.
2: Yeah, well, opening day we'll be kind of cruising around with the camera, getting some fan reactions to the, you know, the off season, some excitement for the season. So uh, it'll go on our YouTube channel. So you know, if you find me, hit me up. We'll be the guys with the camera and business cards and eye black. Apparently,
0: <laughs> well, I'll be there. Can't wait. Oh yeah, opening day. Opening up. day. Cannot wait.
3: Gonna be awesome.
0: Yes. So uh... if you want your Rockies news.
3: Check out Andrew. Check out the guys over at uh, the Guys and Girls on uh, purpleroad.com, giving you everything you could ever imagine. Uh, remember, you brought up earlier in the show uh, com as well. And uh, before we got cut off, you're also telling us uh, first time. Coors Field members, they can go where to find out information on the Rockies.
2: Yeah, com. You cruise to the left side of the page. We've got a list of all our article sections. Look for the Coors Field Insider. If you've never been to Coors Field before, it tells you where to park, where to get concessions, where to sit, where to stand, where to do anything, what's to eat, whatever you want, Coors Field. It's in the Coors Field Insider section. Great for first-timers.
0: Fantastic. Uh, we're going to have you back, Andrew. Oh, I'm, I'm excited if about you, it. If you're interested.
2: Yeah, I, I, I could fit you in. Let me uh, have my people call your people. Yes, because
3: like we said, we do want to bring you back and hopefully talk about you know the credentials issue with that bloggers face, as well as uh, maybe just some some uh, your take on your blogging life as well, and you know kind don't of don't
0: forget about the Rocky Dog. Oh man, the Rocky Dog.
3: Nah, I didn't eat dinner. I'm getting hungry. now. <laughs> <laughs> Is it disgusting the uh, the the relish and the onions? Like I always go over there and load up on that stuff. No, it's not. But it just sits out in the open for who knows how long. It's. But delicious. it's I've never gotten sick. I haven't, it's, it's, it's like pickled.
2: aging, you know. It's it's like, yeah. like you know, yeah. it's breathing. It's like a
3: fine wine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's fantastic.
3: I love that. But well, yeah, we'll bring you back to get your take on uh, all that great stuff. You mentioned that you'd uh, written a piece about the Rockies dog exclusively, correct? Oh yeah, we talked about the hot dogs, the Rockies dog, the extreme dogs, and yeah. Well, we can get into that
2: later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting next time getting hungry. Next time, it's getting late, and I'm getting
0: hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, Timmons, uh, we already covered this before the recorder or after the recorder cut out earlier.
3: Yes, episode 35.
0: Dedicated to, uh, as a suggestion by Andrew Martin over here.
3: Yeah, give us a shout-out. Who's this 35 going to, Andrew? Number 35 is
2: going to Jason Giambi's magical Golden Thong. Let's see you uh, getting some Rockies hitting this season.
3: (laughs) Golden Thong will be here all season. We'll be back next week.
1: uh